Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. I'm coming for all of you. Right now, there's a 15-year-old sophomore in high school who has no idea they're studying nursing just so they can wipe my ass in 17 years. I'm 50 and single. That's a fantastic combination. I'm going to spend my golden years dating a handful of spit and a jug of Astroglide. Hey, what's happening? Mike Schmidt, 40-year-old boy podcast. Folks, I'm a fragile soul. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm, I'm that guy who's kind of tentative. I'm a coin flip at all times. You never know which way I'm going to lean, which way the wind blows, and how it makes me happen. First of all, let's talk about this. I'm the, uh, I'm the very major model of a modern miracle of modern science. That's a lot of M's. Um... Because I want to say this now, my friend Murray Valeriano, if you don't know him, you should. He's the host of the Road Stories podcast, also the sometimes co-host on the Rock Solid podcast. That's a that's a weird setup they got over there. They got Pat Francis hosting the thing, you got Kyle producing the thing, and then you got a rotating chair of guest hosts. You got an AP and a Christy and a Murray and a, a Mikey. I dare I call Mike Siegel Mikey? I try it because there's a lot of Y's in those other names. But then if that's the case, I got to go with Patty. That's a Patty and a Kylie producing. That's a lot of Ys. Everybody over there has got the Y thing happening. It's Patty and Kylie and Mikey and Christy and A.B. and Murray. Although Murray's not there long. He's going to be dead soon. That's a lie. I'm teasing. We're having fun. Uh, our friend Murray is a good guy and, and one of my favorites, certainly. He's, he's probably the best guy I know named Murray. Now that I think about it, if I have to put that to the test, who else do I know named Murray? Uh, nobody. So guess what? He's the champion. But, but unfortunately, that also means he's the worst fucking guy I know named Murray. There's clearly, there's, there can be no arguing about it. He's absolutely the best Murray and the worst Murray I've ever known in my, well, I wouldn't say in my life, but certainly right now, because I can't think of any Murrays I've known in the past. Um, you know, F. Murray Abraham and I had a chance encounter one time, and he seemed like a decent fellow, although a bit standoffish. However, I wouldn't wish uh, Murray Valeriano's fate on an F. Murray Abraham, who's also another one. That's another miracle of modern science. He's like 85 years old. No bad things have ever happened to him. I'm 50, soon to be 51. How fucking weird is that, by the way? I was talking to somebody the other day, and I'm like, I'm 50. And then I realized that in two months, I'll be 51. How, you know what, folks? So, treasure your youth. Clutch it like uh, like a person who's offended online clutches their pearls, please, because I'm telling you, the uh, it goes quick. Man, I, I don't know where the last fucking 10 months went. I have no fucking clue. Uh, certainly, a, a lot of it disappeared into this microphone, and then also some of it is lurking in my apartment. Uh, like when you burn biscuits. You ever burn biscuits in your house and that smell of burning lasts for about two weeks? That happened at my gym. Fuck, I didn't even tell you guys this. I come into workout to the gym after I told you I had been uh, away for a while because I'd been, but now new Mike is back and he's there lurking. He's sore today because we did a lot of pushing on Monday. That's right. God damn it. I'm recording this on Tuesday, but on Monday at the gym, uh, it was chest and shoulders day. So it's a lot of bench presses, a lot of inclines, a lot of fucking, uh, uh, pull downs. 
and things like that. And then also some hammies get mixed in. Folks, we move, we do legs every day. You can't fucking take a day off from legs. And if you saw the tree trunks that got to support my carcass, you'd fucking understand it. We got to get them worked out. We got to get them rolling. Uh, but I'm sore as a motherfucker. And I actually texted John and I'm like, dude, here's the thing. Uh, I, I, cause I got in the shower after coming home on Monday. Cause I had to go, I had to do it real fast because he fucking bumped me. I'm supposed to work out at nine. This is really great content, me telling you times and places I'm supposed to be, but that's okay. I was supposed to be at the gym. Hold on, we're fighting off a goddamn yawn, and we talk all the way through it. Look at that. That's how we do things, folks. We don't go ahead and let our own body fucking subsume us and tell us we can't do something. Um, remember last week when I didn't talk fast? Remember last week when I just kind of concentrated and told the story? We'll get to that in a second. Well, oh, hold on. That was the table falling. Did you hear that? The, uh, the table, the microphone. Jesus Christ, I'm a fucking basket case. Uh, <clears throat> oh, and then I just breathed in there and it, it tickled my throat in a way that feels like I'm going to cough, but I don't want to cough, but then I don't want to stop down because then I'll have to edit the goddamn show. And you know, I don't like doing that. I want to do a one take. Fuck. By the way, there's a listener out there named John who would call this meandering. Yes, it bothered me. I know it's fucking stupid to say that it didn't or it did or whatever. I shouldn't even bring it the fuck up. But he was a nice guy. He was, he was paying me a compliment. And he's like, dude, I fucking loved the show this week. That was last week. And I, and I said, thanks, John. And he goes, you should do more like that. And I'm like, well, you know, that kind of drama doesn't walk into my car every weekend. And then he said, uh, what I really liked was you didn't do so much meandering and you just got right to the story. And, uh, and, oh, dude, I, look, I, I want to pretend that it didn't bother me because I, I, I didn't, I didn't even think I answered him. I know in my head, I was just like, ah, oh, yeah, that meandering part, you know, all that, that comedy part that I try to create out of fucking thin air. And then I thought to myself, well, maybe, maybe nobody likes the fucking meandering and I'm not doing this out there. I'm not poking anything at John and I'm not looking for attaboys from you guys. Uh, you know, I do, I do what I do. It's what fucking happens. I open my mouth and this kind of shit comes out. We talk about Murray with his heart surgery and the na- surgery and then next thing you know, we talk about mash for fucking 18 minutes. And I, you know, I like to think that that was the one thing that really set John off. Like really he was listening a couple weeks ago and he heard the mash thing and he's like, I don't get this. I'm a young person. I don't know what the fuck mash is. Uh, you throw an ED on it. I got potatoes, but other than that, I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Who radar and Henry Blake. None of this makes any sense to me. Um, so I like to think that was John's final straw. That was the straw that broke John's camel's back. As far as meandering is concerned. Uh, and then I thought to myself, I guess again, I've spent days where I just go, well, maybe I should stop meandering. Maybe I should just get fucking to the point. Like last week, you know, I got to the point. I told the fucking story, but that's because I had a story that I could tell. I mean, what am I going to tell you this week? I mean, I'll tell you something. I'll figure something out, but I don't know if I could just, because do we want me to just, because also this is the fucking thing that kills me when I'm on the road, as I've talked about before. And by the way, I'm never going on the road again. Cincinnati, Seattle, see me in those shows because I'm never doing live shows after that ever again, ever. Uh, Cincinnati, Seattle, uh, Toronto's coming up in September. We don't have a date yet. And, and if, by the way, if you guys are listening to this Toronto guys, don't even find me a fucking theater. Literally, let's just fucking hang out in Toronto. I, in, in, there's no reason to do a fucking show. If you guys want me to do a show, I'll do one in Ken's fucking backyard or whatever the fuck. Because uh, getting a theater and selling tickets is a fucking no, but that's nothing. It's never going to happen for me. Uh, I've already realized it. And that's fine. And, I'm, and that's not. this isn't me like a boo-hoo, what the fuck. No, it's clearly my fault. I'm not big enough to sell tickets for live shows anymore. Uh, I never was. I mean, literally the last tour I did, I kickstarted. I mean, so I can't fucking pretend that I had huge crowds because people loved me. No, man, people paid me to go on tour. I announced those shows. They were organized. And then people came to see me in those certain cities because they knew I was coming to those cities. But now I announce to Cincinnati. I announce to Seattle. I announce these other ones. And, you know, ticket sales fl- flag, flail tank, whatever the fuck you want to call it. And in my head, I just go, man. And I wind up texting, you know, I text Gio or I, I don't think I talked, I talked to Max about it, but I talked to Gio about it. And, uh, and he's like, well, there's a whole new paradigm here, man. You don't really even have to do live shows anymore. You don't have to go out. And I'm like, well, it doesn't even, it's not that I have to, I never had to do anything. I wanted to do them. I wanted to come to cities and play in people's towns and meet people and do shows and be funny. You know, I love going to Austin and all these different places. And, uh, it was cool. 
But now, again, when you look at the track record, because again, those those shows I did in 2012, like we, we've talked about it a billion fucking times. The reason I could go out and do those is because, A, I kickstarted that stuff, but also uh, all the money for the show that was donated came and went right back into the fucking show. Well, now all the money for the show comes in and it pays for uh, John and Shannon. So, which, I, you know, and I think to myself, you know what, maybe stop seeing a trainer and maybe stop seeing a therapist and then go out and do shows. And that'll be uh, that'll be the way to do it. That's where your, your money should go every month. But at the same time... Um, if nobody's going to buy tickets, why the fuck book shows, right? It doesn't make any sense. So it's cool. And I, I, I'm excited to do Cincinnati. I'm excited to do Seattle. I mean, it's, and I, by the way, you have no idea how bad it fluctuates for me to go from, I'm excited to, I don't want to ever fucking do it. And, and, and it's only because of the, the ticket, I get a ticket sale thing every night. So when it comes back and it's the same number, six days in a row. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Now look, also, I have not tried to promote this anywhere outside of Facebook in this show. So it's not like I've reached out to the alt-weeklies. There are any radio stations or Twitter even or my mailing list. I, I haven't reached out to anybody. And that's, again, that's on me. And I, I plan on doing more of that because, again, I got to get somebody in the fucking room. Otherwise, it's just going to be me staring at Graham in Seattle and me staring at Colette in Cincinnati. Although we've sold a few tickets in Cincinnati, which is good. Um, and I've sold a few in Seattle. That, that's the thing. I've sold a few, but it's stupid me. I want to see, you know, I, I, I laugh because I go online and then I see like certain other comedians and they've got like, you know, 4,000 likes on a photo or on, on an Instagram thing. And I'm like, Jesus Christ, I can't sell 30 tickets in Cincinnati. Why have I fooled myself into thinking I have a career? Why have I convinced myself in any way, shape or form that I'm doing this and people care? Uh, and I know I'm not looking for you to write me and go, you care. Cause I know you do. There are people who love this and there are people who really enjoy this and I enjoy it. I mean, I think I'm really good at this, but see, this is also what happens when I don't have a show for you this week, when I just want to climb into, climb into my own fucking brain. And then these are, this is the shit I go through every day. I fucking, I drive and then I go and I, I well, obsess about this and see where it's going to go. But you don't fucking care about that. You want funny. Let's talk about funny. Murray Valeriano had heart surgery. All right. How funny is that, right? Uh, Murray is my friend. He wound up having heart surgery. And uh, I think that's pretty fucking weird. Honestly, he's a young dude and he's in shape. This is the thing. This is a guy who's like a vegan. I think he doesn't smoke. He fucking surfs every day. He's, uh, he's whip thin. If you ever saw the guy, holy Christ, he's, he looks like a, he, he's as thin as one of those dogs that runs and chases a Frisbee. And yes, because that dog's name was Ashley Whippet. That's why it popped into my head because of whip thin. Uh, but he is whip crack thin, that guy, Maria Valeriano. He's just, he's a tiny, not tiny, he's tall and lanky. He's lean. He's rangy. If you want to use those, if you wanted to scout him for the NBA, that's what you'd say. You'd say he was lean and rangy. Uh, however, he's also got a bum ticker and I don't know how the fuck that happens, man. How, I, what is the luck of the draw with this fucking world? Again, I'm 50. I've, I've spent half my life just plowing chocolate down my maw, waiting for death, not wanting it, not inviting it, not looking forward to it. And we talked a few weeks ago. I went, why am you putting poison in your, in your fucking body? Why are you doing this? So I've now made the umpteenth attempt to fucking extricate myself from that kind of lifestyle. Um, but I've always been able to do it without a wake up call. Like, I've just been a guy who went, all right, well, let's do this now. Well, let's make this happen. All right. And and uh, look, I don't want to act like I'm a complete sloth. Like I said, I'm lifting three times a week, so that's good. I need to get cardio going. I talked about boxing last week. All that stuff's on the on the docket, on the agenda. But then I hear about my friend Murray, and I like I just want to give him my heart. It's not fair. It's not fair that he should have some sort of, he should be befallen by some sort of heart thing. He should have me giving him my heart and me taking his bum ticker. Because, I mean, I, I have the whole outside. It's like if you, you ever get a banana that's perfectly yellow, but then you open it and it's got fucking brown spots all inside. That's Murray. Murray's a gorgeous banana. 
But then you get inside and the whole thing's fucking rotten. I go the other way. You ever get a brown banana that looks fucking terrible and you open it up and it's the most sweet, delicious banana you've ever had? Inside me is a perfect banana, folks. I can't argue with that. Neither can you. Think to yourselves. You see me and you're like, fuck. Well, let's be honest. Inside me, there's probably about 40 perfect bananas. If I was a peel, if I was the size of me and there was a banana, you could peel me and get a whole fucking bunch for fuck's sake. Um... But that's, it's just not fair. It's not fair that a Murray should be befallen by this and he should be, you know, they, they had to crack open his sternum and, uh, and slice into his chest and he's got a wife with an Oscar. He's got a baby. He's got a future. He's got a house. And then there's me living in an ant farm, staring at the fucking walls and just driving to stay alive. Getting, I got a note today from the IRS. They're like, Hey, uh, you plan on filing your 2016 taxes anytime soon? Because we would really love to see those. And by the way, you've got two weeks. <laughs> So I got to call my accountant and go, hey, uh, you know, we should probably file my 2016 taxes. Remember how you filed that uh, extension for me? That was great. By the way, we should probably work on 2015s as well. (laughs) How you doing, folks? This next broadcast is coming to you from debtor's prison. How are you? Uh, No, it shouldn't be that bad. I might even get money back, but then they'll take it in penalties and all that other bullshit. Um, Because, again, my accountant is a genius and he knows what to do. And I'm driving, so everything's fucking deductible and all that kind of stuff. But I've I've been that. It's because and (laughs) you're going to laugh because, you know, it's me. It's so me. Even new Mike trying to pull himself up from the bootstraps and go ahead and make his life better. He's uh, he hasn't done his taxes because 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 because. Uh, I have to gather paperwork. I have to get a whole bunch of stuff together. Like I got to get the thing from Lyft and the thing from Uber and all these other things and, uh, and present them to my accountant. I, 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 and again, I would love to just give him a pile of papers and let him do it. But I think I have to sit there while he does it. Uh, I mean, not really, but part of me thinks that I'm supposed to, because I'm not going to, I think I'm going to miss something crucial or I'm not going to have something for him. And so I have to be there to answer any questions when in reality, again, he's a badass. He's a fucking guy who does this all the time. And he did it for me. I mean, when, but the first time I had to drive down, he's far away from me. He's like 50 miles away. Um, but I don't give a fuck as long as it gets done. But oh, it also though, it's, it costs money. Hi, <laughs> I got to go ahead and give him, uh, I probably got to pay him. I can't even think about it off the top of my head. I don't even want to say it. Now, if I even knew the amount, I wouldn't even tell you. I know how much cost the last time. Um, so I assume it's going to cost the same this time, but maybe three times that because he's got to file all of all of them in 2017. Hi, uh, I got three years of back taxes to pay. Good Christ. You know what? Fuck. Maybe, maybe see Murray's getting them. He's doing the right thing. He's getting the bad heart and he's going to expire and he's going to fucking fly out of here, man. And that's good news. I want to see that happen for him. He should be, I, that's why I need his bad heart. Fuck the fact that it's not fair to him. It's just better for me. Maybe I can wobble into the IRS with a fucking cracked sternum and go, guys, take a look in here. I'm seriously, if you want to reach in and grab a kidney or a liver or whatever the fuck, that'll be fine. But other than that, I don't know if I can help you with much of anything. Uh, I, I should I, <laughs> go ahead and file my ARP insurance. Did I tell you I joined ARP? I don't know if I mentioned that. I, I kept getting letters to them and finally went, fuck it, I'm in. And, uh, and just this week, I got like a life insurance and a dental insurance thing from ARP. And look, I, you know what? If you're over 50... You shouldn't have dental insurance. They should, or you should have it just for like a one, like a home run. You should just get no taking care of your teeth after you're 50 because uh, you've, they've spent 50 years in your skull and you've chomped whatever the fuck you're going to chomp. So uh, you don't need your teeth after 50. I mean, you need them, but you need to live with the ones you have. You don't want to be clogging up the dentist's office with your 50 year old ass. You just leave, leave it for the young. The young people should enjoy wonderful dental care. You should either fucking uh, live with what you got or get them all pulled and get the fucking t- Terminator choppers thrown in there. Like the fucking, the, the metal bite throughs or whatever the fuck they are, the, the plates and the, in the, all that, all that bullshit. Just fucking get a fake smile. That's what I want. I want to go go in there and have him just pull everything and fill my mouth with fucking China. Just give me a bunch of porcelain and fuck me up. How about that? And I'll tell you what, I will be the most fun guy in the world if I get those fake fucking teeth. 
this might be the move. This might be a whole new career. Maybe I go, that's it. You know, that'll juice up the YouTube channel. Maybe if I go ahead and I get all the fake teeth and then I start biting through shit like cement and cinder blocks, <laughs> because that's going to work. I'll tell them to put in fucking really hard dentures or whatever they're called. I, I, is it denture? Like dentures is just like a couple of teeth, right? I don't think dentures is the full fucking Monty when you get the whole fucking house filled with chiclets. That's wrong. That's, that's, that's a whole procedure. Now you're getting a whole new, cause that's your skull, dude. Your teeth are attached to your skull. Uh, I, I, I said that with such conviction as if you wouldn't know that if I had not told you that in the moment, like, like you've been for years struggling with that thought. And I just had the epiphany. Holy fuck. Your teeth are attached to your skull. And you guys were like, Whoa, dude, like we're both just high at three o'clock in the morning somewhere. And I just dropped that nugget of knowledge on you. And we're both going to obsess over it for the next half hour while we fucking get baked. Dude, can you look, I'm going to smile. Check us out. Dude, that's my skull. I'm so wasted. <laughs> fucking crazy choppers are part of your skull. But see, that's the thing. They, they're in your head and they're, you, you, they're, they're factory uh, originals. All right, I guess we'll call them that. Your teeth are factory originals. They're delivered to you by your, your mom's pussy and God or whoever the fuck squeezes you out and however you get formed in there. You gotta, and if you look, look, if you got bad teeth when you're born, well, I guess you don't have teeth when you're born, but they're lurking in your head. They're part of your skull. And then they just burst through. Think of the violence of that. I don't have babies, but babies are teething. Like when everybody says babies are teething, that's like a nice way of saying your skull is tearing your skin apart. Like, <laughs> I mean, how the fuck do you ever like rationalize that? That's why I didn't have kids. I don't want to have to look at a kid and go, he's crying and I got to put whiskey on his gums. And then he's like, oh, he's okay then because your skull. Hey, let me ask you this. Fuck. All right. Let's think about this. When you grow, like your skull grows with you. And so does your skin though. Like your skin, your skull doesn't rip through your skin. We're not like fucking uh, snakes where we shed everything. How great would that be? Hold on a second. What, how perfect would it be if we shed our skin every goddamn five years? Uh, you just lock yourself up. But I tell you what, healthcare in this country would never do it. Like it, already they don't want to give you two weeks vacation. Uh, but if you'd had to have a fucking like a skin shedding time off, they'd have to bake it in. They'd have to bake it into your company. And now with the gig economy, you could just do it whenever you wanted. Fuck it. I'm going to take two weeks off. But then again, you're fucking broke. But dude, if we shed our skin, oh my God, that'd be great. But what would you do with the old skin? I, I feed it to your dog, I guess, or, or, uh, or save it. But I mean, it would, nah, you gotta like cover it with lemon so it doesn't go bad. Put it on a fucking skin mannequin, like goddamn Jamie Gum. See, this would have solved Jamie Gum's whole deal. He wouldn't have to kill anybody. He could shed his own skin and make himself into a dress. And then that movie's over in like four minutes. Nobody's, nobody wins an Oscar. Everybody's pissed off. See? Then nobody even knows about Scott Glenn and the way weird way he talks sometimes. Uh, nobody even talks about Jodie Foster. And nobody even goes, Jesus, that's smart. When they talk about uh, the, the senator saying the name of her fucking daughter because it goes ahead and makes her a human instead of just a piece of meat in a well. And then we never learn that Precious will give her the hose again. See, this is what happens if you shed your skin. So I guess Jesus had it right. When he said, we keep our original skins and we just keep those for the rest of our lives. No, nothing bad happens to you. Nothing bad ever happens to me. But I'm sorry. I think it's a much more exciting life. Because again, also look again, like I was saying in the original point, your teeth burst through your skin. Your teeth rip open your flesh. They carve themselves out of your head. Whereas the rest of you, your skin just expands to grow with you. That's not fair. I think if your gums are going to get fucking torn apart, the rest of you should too. God, could you think about how painful that is? Like, I mean, when a fucking snake sheds his skin, he already has the new skin, right? Like he doesn't shed the skin and he comes out all weirdly like a, like a slim good body snake. <laughs> how scary would that be? Snake good body. He's got just like a fucking slinky. He's just like a muscle. He's just like a hamstring muscle rolling around with fangs. How fucking gruesome is that? Just a bloody hamstring muscle rolling through the sand with fangs waiting to bite you and grow its second skin. No, I think a snake winds up having his first skin under, it starts going away and then he's already got his second skin formed. So we would do that. So, Hey, maybe that's what's happening with me. Hold on. 
Maybe I'm because I'm a big giant fat dude. Maybe I just got a second skin under here, or maybe even a third skin. Remember I was talking about that banana analogy earlier, about 14 minutes ago, when this show seemed like it had some promise? I was talking about poor Murray, the brown banana on the inside, but the yellow banana on the outside. Uh, maybe inside me there's like three things of skin. Maybe I should do that. Maybe I should start carving myself open. Maybe I should just get a fucking, like a kitchen knife and just plunge it into my chest and open it up and see if there's a new skin under there waiting. Uh, although I'll probably look like, I believe me, I'll totally look like slim good body. Well, maybe not slim. I'll look like fat good body. Um... There's no way there's another skin under me, right? I, I, I throw it out to you guys because, again, I'm not a medical professional. I don't have any sort of training. And, again, I didn't even finish fucking high school. But I'm pretty sure there's not another skin underneath my skin. Uh, although sometimes it gets a little extra warm. And I think to myself, yeah, I, I feel like I got more skin than I should. Uh, and certainly I've got more flesh than I should. As I've always, I've got to lose weight. But that's fat. That just and, and it stretches. Again, I'm a fat dude who has stretched. So I don't understand how your, your gums can't stretch to accommodate your teeth. You should be born with a full set of fucking teeth. And you should bite your way out of the vagina. That's... I, I'm, I'm declaring it now. I don't know. I, I don't know in the Bible where it says that you're born with no teeth and you got to climb out with a doctor's care. Uh, I think you should be able, you know what? We, this is a hard knock life for us. It's a hard knock life for us. Instead of kisses, we get kicked. I, so I think what you should do is be able to be born with a full set of teeth and you got to climb your way out of your own vagina. And you, and nobody's like the alien. You can't take the easy way out. You can't burst out the stomach. So every lady should have a sign inside that says this way out. Or, or, or every woman, how about this? Whenever they get pregnant, they should stay dilated. Like they should uh, have their legs in stirrups around the eight month mark with, and so light shines inside and the kid can see his way out. It's like if you were in a cave in and you were trying to climb your way out, you go ahead and follow the light, Carol Ann. There you go. And all babies need to be named Carol Ann. How about that? I go ahead and throw that into the mix. Everybody's Carol Ann. Everybody climbs out of their fucking vagina and everybody goes ahead and looks for the light. And then when you're born, you got fucking fingernails, you got full teeth and you can get a job right away. Cause that's where things are going in this country, right? Everybody thinks kids should start working in coal mines again, because you know what? If you're already climbing your way out of one mine, why not go ahead and get back into the mine and start digging. You've been in one for nine months. You're used to the dark. Uh, although, I'll tell you, you what, if you want to make child labor more uh, palatable, put these kids to work in the coal mines because that'll, again, that'll rev up coal again in this country. We're all concerned about that. We need coal to come back. But make sure every child who has to dig in there is is wrapped in a, they're like in a hazmat suit filled with amniotic fluid. So it's kind of relaxing for them. And then there's earbuds with just like their mom's heartbeat. I love this idea. Let's take these kids. Let's... <laughs> Hold on, I swallowed weird. Let's take these kids, let's put them in a fucking hazmat suit filled with amniotic fluid. We put the earbuds in with just their mom's heartbeat and we tell them to start digging for fucking coal. And uh, you know what? I'm not heartless. Don't, quit saying I'm heartless. I'm not a heartless person. Every kid only works a nine-month shift. How about that? I mean, well, you get nights off. Not, not nine months straight through. These kids be dying left and right. But it's this kid with his fully formed hands and his fucking choppers, and he gets in there and he starts digging for coal, and the nine months, you're done. It's, like, it's almost like, you know, in Korea, they got to join the army for five years. Did you know that? In fucking Korea, you owe, like, military service to the country just because of who you are. There's the MMA, MMA fighters, like the, the Korean zombie. And the stun gun, these are Korean dudes, but they had to go back and serve their military bullshit. Like Chan Ho Park had to go back. And I don't think it's five years. It might be two years. It could be five minutes. I don't know what those people do other than starve because the guy up north won't give them any food. Uh, North Korea has got to be a barren wasteland, right? It's just that one fat dude with the mo haircut. And then fucking underneath there, there's South Korea. And, you know, in South, everybody's fine, but they're all worried about the guy up north. That's got to be the worst situation of having an upstairs neighbor you hate ever. I mean, in America, at least we got fucking, you know, Canada's America's hat. But everybody's friendly. They're nice. All they're up there is they're having snowball fights. They're playing hockey. Everybody's saying A to one another and being polite. That's a good hat to have. America has a good hat. South Korea has a terrible fucking hat. Jesus Christ, do they have a bad hat. South Dakota's got a bad hat. I'm going to call out North Dakota right now because that's where all the fucking military silos are. You know why? Because they realize they don't want to put them in any fucking populated areas. <laughs> you know, what if they had a military silo right in the middle of Times Square? That shit opens up and a bunch of people panic. South 
South Dakota. Fucking you decided to bomb the Ruskies or whoever the fuck else. Ruskies? How about the Ruskies? I don't put an I can't put an H in there. Hey, Popeye would put an H in there. Uh, the Ruskies. Uh, but if you fucking go to bomb people and you open it up in South Dakota, that means you're just opening up the goddamn ground and then you're launching stuff and all that, you know, fucking two rabbits and two cows look around and go, well, I think we're fucked, but they can't say anything to anybody because they're rabbits and cows. Uh, unless it's George Orwell's novel. And then he's like, oh yeah, of course they can tell everybody or whoever the fuck or Charlotte's web. Aren't they all talking to one another? Uh, I think I did a Charlotte's web thing last week. Why is that stuck in my goddamn brain? You know, I, cause whenever I go to, a, I go to a farm, you got, what do you got? You got animal farm and you got fucking, uh, you got, uh, 1984 George Orwell. Uh, well, well, not 1984 because George Orwell's Animal Farm. I just I'm trying to free associate. It's not fucking working. Although it is working pretty good. I got to be honest. Coming up with the idea that newborns should be put in fucking hazmat suits filled with amniotic fluid and an earbud with their mom's ear fucking heartbeat in it, so they can dig coal and keep make this country great again. I think it's a pretty good idea. God damn it. Uh, that's a lot of meandering. Sorry, John. Uh, <laughs> I should have a point. There should be a point to all this. The point is, Murray Valeriano cannot die. I have to die in his stead. I will throw myself on the on the with a live grenade that is his heart, and I will make sure when it explodes, I take the brunt of it, so he can live to bring you more road stories from other comedians who actually can sell tickets on the goddamn road. You need him out there. You need him to go ahead and talk to these people who play clubs and have great stories about banging a waitress or eating the wrong nachos. You don't need me coming here and uh, and spending all this time talking about amniotic fluid and other bullshit. And, and advocating for the fact that teeth need to tear through fucking flesh, but then the rest of you should shed the rest of your skin. I advocate for humans to be like snakes. That's what should be happening. I think humans should shed their skin. L- listen to me. I, I don't know how we can make this work. I need to talk to science. Is science out there? Does science listen to this show? I know I've got quite a few listeners. I may have lost science earlier because they were, you know, I could science tuned in last week and heard one story and go, I like that show because I like storytelling. They popped in this week and they went, what is this meandering bullshit? And science took a fucking walk. They were like, sorry, can't do it. Um... But I had science's attention for a, for a short time when I talked about Murray and his heart surgery. They're like, oh, well, he's perhaps he's going to discuss some sort of intricate details of heart surgery. Maybe he's done some sort of reading of a medical journal, and he's going to bring us some knowledge that we don't have. And by the way, that frightens the fuck out of me that science would ever think about tuning into my show and coming away with facts. What if science wanted to listen to me to try and fucking learn something? That's awful. I'm one of those dudes like, you ever see a movie or a fucking old show where they're like, ah, you got to land this plane? Dude, I would... I, like, I'm just arrogant enough to think that I could land that fucking plane, but at the same time, I would, I'd sit in that chair, and they'd tell me to do shit, and about the fourth time they told me to do something and it didn't work, I'd just be like, man, I, that mountain looks pretty good at this point. I, I, I feel badly for everybody in the back of this plane, but uh, but you're, you're yelling at me. You're absolutely yelling at me. <laughs> do me a favor. Hey, guy in the control tower, quit meandering and get to the point. How do I put this plane on the ground? Because uh, again, you, you would think, like I said, I'm a guy who hates the hassle, so I gotta totally understand where John was coming from. I'm a guy who just wants to cut to the fucking chase, as you know. You know, I'm like, I don't want to do my taxes. I want my taxes done. I want them finished so I can snap my fingers and send them in. That's fucking perfect. So John just wants a fucking story. He doesn't want me meandering around talking about fucking skulls and gums and kids and babies and fucking coal mines. He's like, no, nah, man, give me a goddamn story so I can get in and out of this goddamn show. And uh, and like I said, I'm not, uh, I'm not angry. Um, initially there was certainly a flash of that where I went, Oh, so my life's work, I should go ahead and stop doing that thing that I do that nobody else does. All right. But then again, I keep saying that and maybe nobody fucking wants that. That's the deal. I keep shoving. Like I said, I talked about mash a couple of weeks ago and I was impressed with myself. I was like, God damn, I can't believe I made that run. And it made me laugh and fucking hilarious talking about how Hawkeye couldn't get the fucking stuff done. And then I thought to myself, and I did, by the way, I didn't hear one word from anybody, like nothing, like no feedback. Nobody was like, dude, that mash run. And I didn't expect them to, but at the same time it would have been nice. But then again, no, I think to myself, the reason I didn't get it. 
Nobody fucking liked it. That's why I keep saying these things where I'm like, oh man, you know, I need feedback on the goddamn show. That'd be kind of cool. But if nobody's feeding back, that means nobody liked it. I need to take that to heart. So then a week goes by when I don't hear from anybody and I just go, fuck man, nobody liked it. So why should I even do a show next week? If nobody liked that, I know this is my haunted head. How are you? Um, and, and so I'm not, I, again, that's my own fault as a performer. That's my own fucking, uh, weird gypsy head that makes, I don't know why it's a gypsy head. I don't know why, you know, it could be a tramp head. It could be a thief head. It could be all of them together. As a matter of fact, and I'll tell you, I, I, I do what I can uh, I do I, for the money you throw. Certainly. Uh, all right. So let's take a break here. Let's breathe. Let's breathe. Well, let's not take a real break. Well, should we take a real break? Fuck it. Yeah. Let's take a break. You're listening to The 40-Year-Old Boy, and coming up, The Jerk-Off Journals. Don't listen too much, you'll go blind. So I literally, dude, was right above the painting, like almost to the ceiling. That's where, I mean, I couldn't believe That's how progress. Far. Yeah, it yeah. was huge. Uh, it, you should do what I do, man. I actually, I keep track of distance. How, how do you do that? I just, every time I uh, shoot, I just draw a line where it landed, so I know. <laughs> you, what do you do? Write the date next to it or something? No, no. My girlfriend's pissed off enough I draw the lines on her. Two cool jerks. The Jerk Off Journals on the Mike Schmidt Podcasting Network. You don't have a girlfriend. Let's bring it down here, ladies and gentlemen. Let's talk Let's talk in a fashion where adults talk. Let's talk in the way that you, human beings... This is already not the way human beings talk to one another. And yet I continue. I persist. I try to speak in a way uh, that'll sound like people are having a real conversation, not like me filling in the silence, filling in the gaps, not like me breathlessly running downhill toward nothing, literally arriving down at the bottom of the hill and going, where's that thing I was chasing? It's not there. You'll never catch the thing you chase, Mike. It's me outside trying to grab lightning bugs without a net. <laughs> Who caught lightning bugs with a net? Uh, I mastered the art of, of catching them very lightly in my hands so they didn't smush. Because you didn't want to smush them because you, you get lightning garbage all over your hand. You get that little streak, that little streak of uh, yellow. And uh, they were nuclear. Did you know that? Lightning bugs were nuclear. They were caused by a nuclear accident. Look it up. Go to Wikipedia. I'll wait. Uh, you know, we've done enough meandering. Let's tell. Uh, let's talk about something that I can talk about. Because I didn't do anything this week. And I haven't done a whole lot recently except drive, which I told you about last week. And I don't want to make this an Uber podcast. Nobody wants to hear about every goddamn person who got into my car. Uh, unless that person is me, maybe you just want to hear about me, Ryan Gosling style. I got my driving gloves on. I got my silver jacket with my tiger on the back. I'm leaving a Clippers game and I'm leaving the cops in the dust going this way and that to and fro left and right, spinning and driving and dragging and moving and doing that thing that keeps people guessing. (laughs) Look at me. Look at me talking at a relaxed pace. Holy fuck. This is awful, right? Don't you hate this? I probably shouldn't judge myself out loud like that. Although... Why not? It's what I've done for a long time. Uh, this is one of those shows we'll archive, folks, that no one will ever hear this. I don't have to worry about the way this goes. I'm just, I'm just go ahead. I'll just go ahead and, and go at this pace. And then at the end, I'll just throw this whole thing into the old trash. Uh, I, I tried to, you know, I thought of things I could tell you. There's things I haven't told you in the past. I've got plenty of stories, but I thought to myself, well, I, there's some stuff I don't want to talk about or I do. Folks, let's do this. I'll tell you about Japan. You know, I, I went to Japan. I was there for fucking two weeks. I think I've only told you about four days. Now, that's not good. Now, I will tell you this. The other 11 days, well, they weren't exactly chock full of events. There wasn't a lot of uh, stuff that I could bring you. Because, again, how many times can I say to you, by the way, we ate noodles. <laughs> now, I could probably try to make noodles interesting, but that would just be more meandering. That would be more, more me talking in circles and going, noodles. And, uh, and then I went to the place and they had a broth. And you're like, ah, fuck, nobody cares about that. Tell a story, Mike. Tell a goddamn story about noodles. 
when I was in Japan, we were, uh, you know what, I'll just pick up right where I left off. Let's go to day five, folks, because I already talked about one through four when I was in Kyoto and all these other places. Well, day five was a day where we wound up going to the Japanese Cultural Festival at the Tokyo Dome. It was me and Ahmad and Abdullah and uh, Muhammad. We were the, it was all of us, and uh, Khalid as well. I don't want to short shrift Khalid, although he was only there to play Tekken and buy video games. But we still dragged him out to some cultural events. He was only there to eat halal kebabs, but we finally said, hey, there's other Japanese food you can try, sir. And Khalid went ahead and got out of his bed and finally joined us. Khalid is a guy, Khalid's me. Like, Khalid is Kuwaiti me. He stays up till like 6 in the morning doing shit he shouldn't do, and then he just sleeps all goddamn day. And it works out perfectly for Khalid because he's a young man with a future. He doesn't have to worry about the fact that he's postponing his life because his whole life is ahead of him. If you're 26 and you lay in bed uh, all day and then you stay up till 6 o'clock at night playing Tekken, you know what you are? 26. You're a cool young guy. You know what happens if you're 50? Your friends start to worry about you. Or even worse, your friends don't worry about you at all. Nobody cares to think about what you might be doing with your life. Nobody goes ahead and checks on you in any way. There's no wellness checks when you're 50. Everybody's just like, well, you know what? Fucking sack up and live your life, dude, or else don't. Nobody fucking cares. If it wasn't for me sending this fucking message in a bottle once a week, nobody would know whether I was dead or alive. Because nobody calls anymore. They text. Certainly they send a cursory text. Uh, but now all their cursory texts are being sent to Murray. He's sucking up all of the goddamn uh, sympathy and all of the wellness checks because of his cracked sternum and bum heart. I am important. Send me a note to see how I am, everybody. Reach out. Reach out and take it, as Cheap Trick would tell you. Uh, reach out. I'll be there, as the four tops would say. Uh, reach out and find out if I'm okay, as I would say to you and tell you right now to handle your business and contact me and make sure I'm okay. We're in Japan. We go to the uh, Japanese Cultural Festival at the Tokyo Dome. This, I think I told you about this in day three when Ahmad and I went to the fucking baseball hall of fame there and he saw a thing. It just said Tokyo Cultural Festival. He's like, I'm buying fucking tickets to that. So we go to this thing. We didn't know what the fuck it was, but we walk in the door and it's me and the Kuwaiti uh, crew and it just turns out it's a giant trade show filled with Japanese food and Japanese displays and giant mascots. And, uh, and I promise you this, I will put up video from this. I keep saying I will. And then I don't, I have a, this is totally true. I have a thousand photos from Japan in my phone, a thousand photos and videos that I've not shared because I've told myself, well, what's this going to be me showing more people this and they're going to go, boo, talk about mash less. Uh, cause I've convinced myself nobody enjoys what I do. How great is that? When you've got that haunted ghost in your head telling you you're bad. Um, and I, and I know you're sick of fucking hearing that bullshit too. You're sick of hearing me going, Oh, boo, nobody likes me, but I don't think I do that. Nobody likes me. I know people love me. And yet I, there's that time when I'll say to myself, well, eh, I don't want to share all these Japanese things. People are going to go, Oh, big deal. You went to Japan. I know that's ridiculous. It's foolish. Cause I'll tell you what, when I'm driving people in the Uber, yes, let's go back in the car for a second. When I'm driving people and it comes up, as they've traveled other to other lands, or perhaps they're even Japanese, and I mentioned I was in Japan, and then we get to have the same conversation I had with everybody about how amazing Japan was. It's a fun conversation. So I think I should bring that to the airwaves here and tell you again just how amazing Japan is. There's no trash. I've told you this before. There's zero trash in Japan. There's no garbage in the streets. It's completely clean. And yet, here's the dichotomy, there are no garbage cans in public. There's no festering piles of trash for you to throw your trash into. There's no pebbled garbage cans or uh, Oscar the Grouch silver cans. None of those eyesores are out on the street. Everybody just kind of holds their garbage until they go into an establishment that has an actual trash, and then they throw it in there. Or perhaps Japan just doesn't have any trash. We're Americans. We've got trash all over the place. I'm holding, like, wrappers for shit, and i got to throw stuff away, an empty soda can. And, uh, and yet, and yet, folks, I held them. I looked around. I looked askance. 
found a business with a trash and I threw them out. But even that's hard sometimes. Like the restaurants have trash because you got to throw your fucking food away or whatever. But other places, like you can't just go to a store and there's not a trash. I don't know how they do it. I don't know if there's like a fucking great kazoo type of guy, a leprechaun who comes in and just taps their trash with a goddamn wand and it goes away to a trash pile somewhere in the, in the country. Fukushima, that's where it goes. You know what? That's they probably they've because they, the Japanese are so far ahead of us, folks. They've probably built a a complex system of underground tunnels that take all of the trash to Fukushima. And it's all by the way, they only tell Japanese nationals about it. They, they don't tell Americans. They don't want me knowing where the secret button is, where you step on the ground and a hole opens up and you throw it to the nuclear hellscape that is fucking Fukushima. Uh, so that's the way that works. I'm sure everybody in Japan throws their trash into a secret fucking compartment that goes all the way to Fukushima. Boy, Fukushima's got to be terrible, right? Just three-headed pandas and fucking old garbage. Oh, what a mess. Because uh, nobody's allowed there, right? Isn't that, isn't that the fucking... There's like a website where they've got uh, the pictures of Ferris wheels and shit from Fukushima. No, that's Chernobyl. Uh, same thing. That's that's just the Russian Japan. <laughs> Chernobyl's just the Russian Fukushima. Fukushima is just the Japanese Chernobyl. Uh, and Istanbul is Constantinople, by the way. I don't know if you guys are aware of that. Anyway, we're at this cultural festival. Uh, giant mascots. I took my photo with uh, with who? With uh, like a soup guy. And uh, I, have, I have photos of me with giant mascots. I have photos with me in front of. I think I put up the picture of me in front of the soup dude. Uh, and somebody told me it's like a, it's not a soup guy. It's some other. Look, I don't pretend to know these things. I'm American. I was barely allowed into the country. I couldn't go asking people for anything, uh, sort of information. Hey, what's this? What's that? Yes, I just talked through a yawn. Uh, why am I yawning on Tuesday fucking night? That makes no sense. Uh, but it was fun, man. There's Japanese Cultural Festival. It was just the massive choreographed displays were worth the, the price of admission. Because we went in, and also they had food. They had fucking, you know, yakitori. They had squid balls. But then they're making sushi. They're making, uh, I, you know, I actually bought Japanese pizza, which was fucking awful. Like, I, I, I totally, here's the thing. They had a Japanese pizza. Right. And I bought it thinking all of the guys would have a piece because it just it happened to have five pieces. I'm like, all right, cool. Let's go ahead and have some of this. And I turn around to the guys and they all go, yeah, that's not halal. We can't have it. Fuck, dudes. I just bought this garbage cheese pizza so we could all laugh at it. Now I got to eat the only fucking bites. Uh, but I did. I used my teeth that had burst through my gums in infancy and I was able to chew up that pizza and it was not good. It was exactly what you would think. Because again, I don't eat that. Like I would never buy pizza or hamburgers in Japan. I want just, I want seafood and noodles and fucking sushi and all that kind of stuff. But as I've mentioned to you, because I was there uh, thinking it was a joke, I'd be, ha ha, let's eat this weird cheese Japanese pizza. And then the fellas bailed on me. So I had to choke it down. I ate two pieces through the rest out. But then we walked around and everybody else, uh, they, they had fucking, you know, that thing where they got fucking full fish, like smelt on a goddamn stick, like a big ass fucking fish and they're, and they're just cooking them on like a sugar cane over like an open fire. Uh, and people are eating like the skin, pulling the tail off. God damn. It's amazing. Japan is awesome. They're just like the whole country's like a big jackass episode <laughs> or like that scene in fucking fear factor. Or literally fear factor is, is a perfect description. When you're eating in Japan, if you're not just having noodles or whatever, if you're just walking past the grill and they're cooking shit on it, just eat it. Yeah, that's your fear factor thing. Cause it could be anything. They could be making, you know, deer anus, and you're just like, oh, this is totally delicious. Hey, this is a squid ball. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to shove three of these squid balls into this deer anus and choke it the fuck down. That's perfect. Oh, you have not eaten until you've had fucking squid balls wrapped in deer anus. Folks, that is a, that is a treat. Uh, just dump a little brown sauce on there, a little soy sauce, a little fish sauce, a little boom boom, a little chili sauce. Chili sauce? Uh, but this festival was, I mean, it was overwhelmingly packed. And like I said, it was just a trade show. 
So in America, you'd see something like that. It'd be a bunch of hucksters selling you garbage. And in Japan, though, it had everybody, you know, I'm sure there are hucksters selling garbage, but they're doing it in their native language. So we fucking loved it. And we walked around, we walked up and down the aisles and they had like freeze dried squid and they had everybody. And, uh, the guys bought, what did they buy? Like, uh, lighters or they bought something with their names on it. They got stuff engraved. It was just fucking cool as hell. But the, the mass, the choreographed displays where that was the best part. Cause they had those Japanese dudes, you know, those dudes who hit the drum, like, kung, 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 kung. They had those dudes, but they had massive floats and it was old school. All right. So it was this throwback to the old school Japanese. So the floats weren't mechanical. There were, there was nobody working any sort of motor. Nobody was driving anything. These floats were born aloft on like the, on hundreds of Japanese backs. And all of these dudes walked in unison and, and carried the float. So these dudes are walking, they're carrying the float and the float is moving and pivoting. It just, it's just the sea of teeming humanity while other guys are banging on drums. And the worst part, it's like, we'll say this, it's absolutely the worst part. There's one dude and he's barking into a microphone. I mean, he's just like, just yelling. And I don't know if he's going left, right, left, but he's saying a bunch of Japanese stuff and they're all like calling in response saying, hi, hi. And they're fucking walking their thing. I've got like probably five different videos of those. I'll throw out the best one. I promise I'll put up a video that'll leave 999 videos in my phone for me to share with you. Uh, but I got my picture taken with a giant mascot. We had a good time. It was fun. And then, uh, and we left, it was, again, it was in the Tokyo dome and I don't know where the fuck I was going. Cause again, a mob was the dad of the trip. So he's like, we leave, we were there for probably just like two and a half hours, three hours. Uh, and then we split, we wound up taking the train and we went down to Harajuku street. And, uh, I know you're thinking to yourself, what's Harajuku street, Mike? Oh, let me tell you, it's where every young person in Tokyo lives. That's where they go. That's where all of the young people in Tokyo are. If they're not in Shinjuku in the red light district, they're at Harajuku street. Uh, where it's just, it was almost like an alley. I I don't even know how to explain it. It's just, it's almost like if you're in Los Angeles, it's the third street promenade. Okay. If you're in Chicago, it's, uh, it's like Navy pier. If you're in New York, it's like times square, but not really. I mean, there's times square is huge, but it's this thin, it's this street that you just walk down and it's got shops upon fucking shops upon shops. And it's all Japanese schoolgirls and anime come to life and, you know, speak talking cats. I mean, everything you can imagine in Japan is there. It's, you know what Harajuku street is? It's the internet. That's exactly what it is. You walk in and there's Japanese schoolgirls, And then there's a guy, you know, people in like caftans and wearing the fucking kimonos. You're just like, damn, this is like, you know, this is kind of, this might be the internet. Um, we walked down Harajuku street. I wound up getting crepes because they had the, these like giant foldo crepes. And, uh, you know, I look, I got a Nutella crepe. Don't fucking judge me. Cause that was before new Mike. I could go ahead and choke down a Nutella, but I will tell you this. We're walking. They had a sign. It had a pug cafe. And, uh, and I just wanted to go get swamped with pugs. That's all I wanted to do. I couldn't get the guys to go with me. So I go, look, I'm going to check on this fucking pug cafe. And they walked down to look at more Japanese t-shirts or whatever the fuck was being sold at this place. I'm telling you, it was, so, I'm surprised they didn't arrest me because I was the oldest person on Harajuku street. Clearly. Cause I, I live, if you want to know what it is, remember when Gwen Stefani used to hang out with those Japanese girls, those were Harajuku girls. So that, that's basically, it's the, it's this ground. Oh, this is, I shouldn't use ground zero. It's probably. In Japan, that's probably not the best way to describe it. Uh, but it was, it's essentially like where all trends in fashion are born. That was the vibe I got because it's young people with shaved heads and dyed hair and things are piled this and they're all wearing costumes. It just was a fucking badass place. And then I went to the pug cafe and folks, I wanted to drown myself in pugs. I just wanted photos and videos of me covered in pugs. And uh, so I had to find my way through to this place. It was on the third floor and the elevator was full. So I had to walk up three flights of stairs and look, that's a trick for a fat dude. But I knew at the end it was going to be pug nirvana. I knew at the end I was going to dive into a child's waiting pool filled with pugs. It was going to be so exciting. I was going to let them lap me 
and lick me and climb on me and I was going to take photos. It was going to be so perfect. And I get to the top and there's the pug cafe. And I was waiting. I was listening for the little yelps of pugs. I was waiting for barks and all sorts of noise. But then I thought to myself, well, it's Japan. Perhaps they've trained them not to make noise. Perhaps the pugs in Japan are very quiet because they, like the other people in the population, are respectful. They understand that you're not supposed to make overt uh, large noises. So I duck into the pug cafe. And there's a bunch of people there, and I will tell you the pug cafe, uh, it, it clearly was a cafe. Uh, so I'm going to say half the sign lied, because I looked around, I saw nary a pug. It was pugless. Uh, you know, I'll call it the pugless cafe, if you, if you don't mind. Uh, it's people, but then I start to kind of get a grip and look at the decor a little bit. There's people, but I'm waiting for dogs to swarm me. I'm waiting for people to be petting dogs. I'm looking all around. I'm waiting for the scent of pug to fill the air. But I get in and I take a lap around the restaurant. Now, look, I don't see any pugs that are breathing. Now, I know what you're thinking to yourself. Holy fuck, dead pug cafe? That's more exciting than live pug cafe. It truly would be. However, it was not dead pug cafe. It was, uh, how do I put this? How do I tell you about this? Uh, well, fuck no. Dead, it couldn't be any worse than dead pug cafe. What am I going to drop on you? It was fucking ceramic pug cafe. Every, every, you know, I started to look, like I said, my eyes adjusted to the decor and I looked on the walls, there's paintings and I looked on every shelf, there's ceramics and on the tables, dude, there were fucking, there's just fucking ceramic pugs all over the place. No barking, no warmness, no tongues out. And I, I thought to myself, boy, what a fucking bait and switch. That's the only way to get an American to walk up three fucking flights of stairs because he promised him dog love. And then he walks in the goddamn door and it's nothing but hardcore pug statues staring at him. And you think to yourself, this is just, you know what? This is just sculpted joy. I'm not here for sculpted joy. I'm here for love. I'm here for real pugs. I'm not here for anything like that. God damn sculpted joy. What the fuck do you think you're doing to me? I said, I came here with a purpose. I saw a sign pug cafe. I came to the top. Fuck you sculpted joy. Uh, but that's the way it was. So I, 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 so to be honestly, this was because I was so dumb when I took a couple of laps, I'm an American, right? So everybody looks at me anyway. So they think I'm weird. And also I'm a giant and I'm a giant American. I'm bigger than anybody in the fucking country. So I take a couple of laps and I start to notice that there's ceramic pugs. So uh, I'm not going to get cheated out of the experience. I've come up three flights of stairs. I'm not just going to shrug my shoulders and walk off in disgust. No, no. You know what I'm going to do? I'm going to walk around. I'm going to pet a couple of ceramic pugs. That's what I'm going to do. So I did. I walked up to the shelves and I was like, I went up and I like kind of scratched under the little face and I, I petted them on the top. And then I walked to another one and I petted another one. And then as I made my way out of the restaurant, there was one by the cash register and I stopped and I leaned forward and I was like, hello. Hello, and I was petting him, and uh, there was a, com- uh, a combined, uh, I would say, a reaction of mirth and oh no, what is that crazy American going to do? We must call the one police officer we employ here in Japan, uh, because they looked at me like I was odd, but also some of them got it because they were young and they kind of laughed. But I think they just thought I was crazy. I don't think they understood the bit because I would just, you know, I was so disappointed that there were no pugs to love that I was just going to, I fuck it. I was going to love ceramic pugs because I'll tell you this, it's also Japan. There's a good chance that that's like a magic shop and they were frozen in ceramics until like an American was nice to them and then they were freed and they became pugs again. You know what I mean? Like some kind of fairy table or Japanese fable where like all of the pugs were flash frozen by an evil witch until an American from California came in and was nice to them. So I thought, you know what? I'm going to take a chance here. I'm going to go ahead and pet these pugs just in case they're under some sort of evil spell that can only be broken by a giant American. So I pet one, two, and three, scratch under their little things. I say, hello. And I talk to them and I've scratched them behind the ears. And uh, sad to say, 
If they are victims of an evil spell that can only be broken by something, it is not by a giant American. Because I did my best. I petted three of them. I scratched them behind their ears. I talked to them. I stroked their little faces. And uh, they still remain ceramic to this very day. Unless someone else has wandered in and cured them of their horrible curse. The curse of the ceramic pugs. I'm sure that they went in and somebody went in and saved them. Uh, But it was not me, unfortunately. I tried, but it was not me. Uh, I had to hustle downstairs and find the guys. They were still walking up and down Harajuku Street. Now, I'll tell you this. Harajuku Street, totally fun when you walk up and down and look at it. But it's also one of those deals where you're like, nah, you know, unless I'm going to spend $1,000, there's no reason for me to be here on Harajuku Street. Um, once you get to the end of Harajuku Street, certainly when you're an old person, you've seen what you needed to see. You, you went in and took in the sights and the sounds. You saw all the young people. You felt the energy because that was the most important thing. And a lot of the stuff we did in Japan, the energy was so great. Just, uh, you, you know, some places it was very solemn and there wasn't a lot of, a lot of discourse and a lot of back and forth. But when you get to a place that was alive, like Shinjuku, like Harajuku, crazy. I mean, it was just, just, it was the vibe. Once the younger, the, the people you were surrounded by, certainly the atmosphere was more festive. You know, the, the older Japanese were, were a little more, uh, certainly reserved, you know, and, and I don't want to look, I don't want to paint all of old Japan, Japan with a broad brush. Uh, but with a broad calligraphy brush, but I want, no, that's not even Japanese, right? That's Chinese. I don't know. That could be dirty knees. Although you should look at these as well. Um, but I don't want to be that guy who, who just outs them and says, oh no, these are all, these people are wrong. Um, you know, they're, they're older and they're stoic. And also again, giant fucking American is in their midst Four Kuwaitis. You know, you can go ahead and work with that. That's fine. You look at four Kuwaitis. You're like, no, they're kind of on the way to being Japanese. They're certainly different. I think maybe they're even turning Japanese. <laughs> that made me laugh. Uh, I really think so. Um, but for me, you know, again, giant American, they're just like, everybody wants to stay out of my way and they're weirded out. And I told, I get it. That's fine. Um, but sure enough, we went up, uh, we walked down. So we're done. I'm done with Harajuku street. I saw as much as I could. And I know I'm not a young person, so I can't duck into a leather shop and, and have a conversation. Also, I don't know the language. I mean, and not like I could be interesting anyway, because I'm 50. Clearly I'm a 50 year old American. So I can't walk up and go, hello, fellow Japanese kids. Not happening. Uh, so we made it all the way to the end of Harajuku street. And I did not realize we had a destination in mind, but again, Ahmad is the dad and he's taking us clearly. He's taking us and he's taking us over to, uh, we go, we leave Harajuku street and then we walk up a street and we walk down and we take a left. And, uh, and there was, the vibe was continuing even outside of Harajuku street. It was great. Whatever this area is, there were people singing on the street. There were people yelling for you to come into like retail shops and things like that. It was totally fun. I think I videoed uh, a couple of girls outside of a, I, I don't want to say a Japanese gap, but whatever the fuck it was, it was there. And, uh, and, and so Ahmad's like, no, we're going here. And, uh, so we wound up walking across some streets. We made, you know, no trains, but we were walking. We walked uh, probably another, I would say about three quarters of a mile, I would guess. And we get into this place and we go up the stairs and, uh, he points at a sign. It just says monster cafe dudes. Now, look, if I didn't get to see any pugs, you better believe I'm excited to see some goddamn monsters. Unfortunately, Though we went to Owl Cafe and it was filled with owls. Though I went to Pug Cafe and it was filled with pugs, ceramic though they may be. (laughs) We went to Monster Cafe and it was not filled with monsters, my friends. Uh, No, it was filled with weirdness, like lava lamps and giant mushrooms. And you could pick different rooms that you'd go in to eat. And I think we picked a disco room. And then we walked in and there was literally nothing disco about it. I I think there might've been a thump, thump beat, but it wasn't disco. Like I thought, I thought maybe the waitresses would have like roller skates. Japan has different meanings for everything. It's like a whole different country over there. Uh, that's from something. I swear to God. Uh, but the food that they brought was shaped 
weirdly. Like they, you know, they had like uh, we, we got a, a shake, like a sherbet shake, and it had like a million different colors inside of it. There was a um, a monster burger that I I think I I literally just tweeted it out and I said it looked like a Frank Zappa album cover because it was just a a monster. Like a hamburger with eyes. It looked like, you know, it looked like Grimace had a baby and they cut his head off and served it as a hamburger. It was just this round, almost purplish, and especially in the light we were in, it was a whiff. And and, and all, all of us, we ordered food and we just, again, it was that thing where, like like a bowl of lettuce with spaghetti noodles. Like the weirdest fucking combinations at all. And we just pointed at shit and they brought it. And uh, and the ice cream, I guess, was good. And uh, and the the monster burger was okay. Then they had like a weird pasta. We just it was a whiff. It was a good place to sit down because we've been walking fucking forever uh, throughout Harajuku Street and uh, Shibuya because that's where that's where we were is Shibuya. And uh, and and the best part is Ahmad's like, well, I have a place that we're gonna go later, so we're gonna, we're we're just stopping here before we eat. But then we still ordered like a pile of food, like all of this ridiculous monster food, probably just to look at it. I think, and uh, because the waitresses wouldn't let us just sit there and drink Japanese water all fucking day, we just uh, and and it was a whiff. Like when Ahmad saw Monster Cafe, he thought to himself, "Well, there's going to be like Draculas there and Frankenstein's and a whole bunch of those fucking guys." But instead, it was uh, there were no. It wasn't monstrous at all. The only monstrous thing was our disappointment at the fact that there were no monsters contained within Monster Cafe. Uh, but then we left. And we did some more walking through Shibuya, and I was, I, I, look, I'll be honest with you, man. My feet were ready to fucking rebel and just fucking leave my body. They were so furious at me in Japan, but I felt good about it. And like I told you, I lost 14 pounds while I was over there over two fucking weeks. I should go back to fucking Japan right now. Just a minute. Hold on. I'll be back. No, I wish. But anyway, the, the point is we walked all over. We're in Shibuya. We're walking, and Ahmad's like, no, we're going to this place. He didn't tell, and again, he's the dad, so he doesn't tell us where. We're just following him. And, uh, and as we go and we walk, and then we go down a hall, and, and I should tell you this, by the way, Shibuya amazing and amazingly busy. I mean, thousands of people in the street and, and the busiest crosswalk in the world is in Shibuya. Uh, I, I'm, I think that's documented. I don't know. I tried to film it, but even holding up the phone, I couldn't get a a full grab of the depth and, and the breadth of it because it was really, it's like an eight way crosswalk. And it's consistently packed whenever the light changes. Because, again, people are waiting there for a good four minutes. And then, boom, an entire city just crosses the goddamn street at once. It's amazing to see. I have videos of that, too. Maybe I'll post those. Should I? Maybe. All of these things in my phone. My phone is actually heavier because of all these videos. You would think uh, I would buy a phone. I'd want to keep it light. But, no, I'm packed. It's chocked full of material that I I refuse to share with you, but yet I tell you about. Uh, So we're walking. We're zigging. We're zagging. We're going through Shibuya. And, we uh, again, we wind up in a place that's a lot like Harajuku Street. In that, uh, and Japan has a lot of these places where all of a sudden you're in a city and then you walk down an alley, but it's an alley filled with businesses and restaurants. Like I mentioned in Kyoto, when we walked through where the geishas were rehearsed, I was walking through there with Adam and, and there was tons of different, uh, restaurants and, and, but, and it just kept getting smaller. The doorways were smaller and they were all on top of one another and, and all the businesses were packed. I mean, just this real great vibe in the air. Same thing in Shibuya. And we go down this uh, this place, and we get to the front of this joint, and it's a sushi joint. And Ahmad goes, I really wanted to come here. So we get there. There's a line out the door. And when I say there's a line out the door, there's probably like 30 people out the door, and then it snakes in, up, and then down, and then up again through a seating arrangement. There's like a couch that you can sit on. So there's probably like hmm, 35 people sitting on the couch, another 20 standing inside the restaurant, and then 30 outside the restaurant. And uh, And we just got in line, and we waited. And uh, time ticked away. But I'll tell you what, they banged it out, man. Just people were kind of coming out and they were sitting people. And a lot of people, hold on, yawn. And uh, there was uh, there were like eight people in a party, like waiting to go and sit down. 
And uh, so they would take eight people, they take seven people, it was going quick, we got them, we sat down, and then we went to the sushi bar, and uh, let me tell you this, it wasn't a sushi bar. Uh, what was the name of the fucking joint? It was called like uh, Uomi? Was that the name of it? Fuck, Uobe? Yeah, I think it's Uobe. Uobe, sushi. And uh, and it was one of these joints where you sit down, there's no table, like you're not sitting with each other and, and having a conversation. Uh, you're sitting lunchroom style. And you all get an iPad that's like affixed to the counter, and you just order food, and it comes along on a goddamn conveyor belt. And uh, I had heard about these kinds of places, and I always in my head was like, well, yeah, I get that. The, the, the sushi can't be good. I mean, you're just there for the novelty. You see the fucking choo-choo train of sushi drive by, and that's good enough to go. But uh, I ordered food, and dudes, it fucking, it comes out, it was crazy delicious. Like, the fish was fresh. It was delicious. They, they had, like, you know, they'd put chili oil on it. You ordered, it was specifically what you ordered, and it was really good. God damn it, we killed it, too. I got a picture of my stack of plates that was next to me. I got, I, I think I killed, like, 15 plates and Ahmad and those guys, Muhammad, they were just fucking wolfing. And uh, and it was it was so good. I wanted to go back. Like, the rest of the trip, I wanted to go back, and I could never convince them to go back. I'd be like, we should go have a conveyor belt sushi again. We should go have sushi at that joint. But there were so many other places to explore, and I get that. That's what they wanted to do. But Jesus, did I want to go back to conveyor belt sushi. Like, that would be worth the trip alone. It was so goddamn good. Uh, sorry, fighting. Um, Why is this happening all of a sudden? Fuck. God, I hate it. So, well, all right. So then let's just do this because I, I, I'm I'm elongating and giving you a travelogue of things that I've done. And so the rest of that night, what we did is we left in Shibuya. We walked around. We hit the crosswalks again. We we just we weren't bathed in neon walking the streets of Japan. And uh, and to me, as I'm telling this, it seems like I'm not bringing it to life enough for you. Or it's, it, it seems boring to me to tell you about this because it was fucking amazing and it was incredible. But here, this is totally truthful. It happened five months ago, so I'm wondering if it's dead in the water, like for for you guys, like if you don't want to hear about what happened. Um, we got home that night. We got home super late, and then we had to be up early because Ahmad and I went to wrestling the next day. We went to Stardom, which is a female wrestling promotion at Corican Hall. Corican Hall is a very famous joint. We went there. We had a good time. I posted videos from that when it happened, and uh, and then we had to go pick up tickets for Sumo. So he and I walked again for like eight thousand miles. Took a couple of trains, and uh, we picked up the tickets for Sumo, and then we went for lunch. We had a konamayaki which I actually posted a, uh, a video. I, I think I posted a video of it on the YouTube channel. Uh, if I didn't, I have it on my goddamn phone. Um, Okonomiyaki is like an egg pancake, but then they put a bunch of meat in it and stuff, and it was halal, so Ahmad could eat there, and, he, and you got to take your shoes off and sit on the goddamn ground. It was pretty fucking neat. Uh, so we had Okonomiyaki, and we went back to the fucking uh, apartment, and uh, and then we, we just watched Tekken all night. The guys played Tekken, and we had a good time, because, again, my legs were fried. I'm like, all right, let's just fucking do this. The next day, we wake up, there's fucking snow starting outside and i'm like well that's weird that it's snowing and again remember i just brought a couple of fucking hoodies i mean i didn't bring jackets or anything like that so i kept working in my one flannel shirt with my hoodies and back and forth but then as we're waiting in the house to go out man the fucking the snow is falling and the snow is really falling and then the snow starts really fucking i mean dude so we wind up getting six inches of fucking snow that day we walk outside we're walking in the fucking snow it's hitting us in the face there's it's it's pretty crazy uh but we so we didn't really venture out of uh our, our little neighborhood at that point we went up uh, because the snow was killing us, but we went, we tried to go have lunch, and we walked around the fucking shopping center, the place we had gone before, and we were trying to pick up some, uh, like a mod was by, it was just, it was a, a lazy day, honestly, we had been doing so much, so often, so fast, we took that day to just kind of check out the neighborhood a little bit, and then we went back to the house, and, uh, oh, I, oh, you know what else we did, I'll tell you this, we got massages that day, 
uh, we went up to the shopping center, and then we were all, and my mom's like, you want massages? And we're all like, yeah, that'd be awesome. So I actually went in and I got a massage. I have a photo of that too. <laughs> I got all these photos, dude. Uh, but I got a massage from, you know, if a woman in a mall. And I, of course, because I'm a fucking weirdo, I asked for a lady. And I don't know if it's in Japan or if that's a bad thing, but they were fine with it. There was one lady and a couple of guys. So the guys got guys, and then I got a lady to do it. And uh, and it was just a normal massage. Don't just get your fucking brains out of the gutter. Um but then we left, and we, we were going to have dinner. Uh, we had to have 7-Eleven dinner is what we had to have. So uh, because we, we just decided, you know what, let's just bring a bunch of fucking snack ho- snacks home and go go watch Tekken. So uh, we get this food from 7-Eleven. And I, I'll tell you this. I was told by people, they're like, I think it was Jason Turnbaugh, a listener to the show, and he's like, dude, you got to get these, like, fucking pizza puff balls that they have. It looks like a dumpling, but it's filled with pizza sauce. It's so damn good. And uh, other people were like, oh, God, you go to get the sushi at fucking 7-Eleven. Well, I told you the 7-Elevens are fancy, and I went and I bought this fucking, this pizza puff thing. It was disgusting. It was it was like eating a hacky sack filled with tomato soup. It was fucking gross. So take that, Jason. But I still, I bit into it like twice, and then I went, I gotta toss this fucking thing. I hated it. But we spent like a million dollars at 7-Eleven. We walk home in the snow, and I've got videos of that as we're walking home in the snow. And we get back, and they're playing Tekken, and it's snowing outside, and, uh, and it was early. You know, we got back to the place at like 6 o'clock. And uh, they're playing Tekken. I'm in the room. And I'm thinking to myself, well, maybe I could do a fucking show here. I could probably do that. Uh, and I think, if I remember correctly, I think I might have cut a show for you guys. Or I didn't. Uh, yeah, you know, there's, there's a better chance that I didn't. Because we're now into Dave 7, and I know I didn't describe this shit to you then. But I do know that as they were playing tech, and I'm in the house, and in my head I'm like getting a little stir-crazy. And I already ventured out on my own for that trip to Kyoto. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder if I could, is there anything I could do? I mean, it's cold and snowy outside, but I don't give a fuck. I got, uh, I got hoodies. I got flannel shirts. I could make this happen. I know about the train system. I don't need a dad to go out there with me. Uh, but maybe I can convince one of the guys to go with me if I could think of something cool to do. And then in my brain, I thought, hmm, what could I do by myself? And uh, look, I'm going to ask that you folks decide not to judge me at this point. Uh, I'm going to share this story with you. I don't know why, but I'm going to. Uh, it occurred to me as I sat there in my bed as they were in the living room playing Tekken and I had my laptop and I was surfing the net and then I thought to myself, you know, you did mention that there was a, uh, uh, a blowjob house or two or 10 or 15 of them somewhere here in Japan. Maybe, just maybe, and you know, you don't have to go. Obviously you're not going to go to this thing, but you can go and do a little research and see, uh, you know, see how close they are and see where they are in, in regards to where you're staying and see if there's a possibility of something you could convince the guys to go to just because it's hilarious. Uh, so I did. So I started doing some keystroke and I started, well, that doesn't sound good at all, but I started looking uh, for joints to go to. And as I mentioned before, there's several different kinds of blowjob houses in Japan. Uh, there are the ones where you're on public display, you walk in and I guess everybody's sitting in a booth and there's just blowjobs galore. Uh, and then there's other places that are like massage joints and things like that. And I'd also mentioned there was this one, uh, where it was like the Madonna open your heart video where you would just go into booths and you would watch girls dance and then they would hit your booth and then they would, uh, perform, uh, things that you asked them to perform. And, and, uh, and so in my head, I'm like, well, geez, there's so many great choices. Do I possibly go to all of them? What if I do that? What if I go out tonight and I just hit all of them? And I try to just fucking, yeah, and, and just throw a, throw a rope at every single one of these joints. And then I'm like, nah, that's probably not a good idea. So uh, so I looked and I found a joint that was in Shinjuku. And, uh, you know, we had already been to Shinjuku, so I was familiar with it. And I'm like, all right, well, this might this sounds like a good plan. Uh, there was a joint called New Hot Point. And, uh, and this was the... I opted, and you'll probably make fun of me, I opted for the, the show with the closed booths. 
I'm, I, look, I talked a bunch of Yang in that show where I was at Maki's house, and I'm like, fuck, who the fuck cares, man? I'll just go out in the open. I'll just spread it out. And and part of me would have been like, yes. I, I And look, I, I'm, I'm not averse to that. I think it actually would have been funnier for the goddamn story to do that. The reason I didn't do it is because, uh, and you'll, you'll mock, uh, I don't look good in this story. Um, I read reviews online. I went and did a bunch of, I did some research. I actually sat in the room because like I said, I, I was there for like three, four, five hours. I'm, just, I'm, I'm reading internet, but I'd look, I'm not spending the whole fucking time crunching blowjob numbers. All right. I'm actually going through and looking to try to find, uh, the best place. So I, I, this, this new hot point, uh, the reviews that I saw were, were pretty insane. The, and, and in the, in the context of, I mean, look, they're all blowjob houses. You're going to get a blowjob at all these houses. But also at New Hot Point, you have the choice of getting a hand job or you can get a blowjob. Uh, and uh, and also they said that the girls were really, really attractive. Uh, and I was on board for that because, look, if I'm going to do this, I, if I'm going to go get a blowjob, I'm going to get the Cadillac of blowjobs, all right? I'm not, I'm not going to go out and just and throw a little money out there for a Ford Focus of blowjobs, especially a Ford Focus that's like 48 years old. Well, 48 seems young. I'm fucking 50. I'm a 70-year-old, because that was the thing is you were reading about the old uh, ladies at these other places. Yes, I, God damn, this story makes me sound awful. Why am I telling it? Um, but fuck, if I'm going to, all right, if I'm going to pay for a blowjob, I'm, I'm going to go all out. Like, if you get a birthday cake, you don't get a cupcake and put one candle in it. You get a fucking giant birthday cake and you put a million fucking candles in it and you let the chick blow all of them. So that's what I planned on doing, goddammit. I said, if I'm going to go, I'm going to find a place with like a, with a, the most attractive people I can possibly... Because I'm spending... Look, I'm spending big money here. I'm spending yen. If I'm coughing up yen, I, I want somebody else coughing up something else and I want her to be looking good while she does it. Jesus, this is terrible. Uh, so so I, I, I got dressed. It was like I, I, I got up. And because uh, I, I started to do the math on it, I'm like, all right, well, in the fucking train, I started to look for the trains and how did I get to get that there? And I got dressed and I went out to the hallway and uh, and the guys are there and they're playing Tekken and, and Ahmad's like, hey, what are you doing? I go, you know, I think I'm going to go walk around. Like, what, do you, what do you mean you're going to walk around? It was fucking snowing. I go, yeah, it's fine. I'm just I'm going to go and, uh, and you know, I'm going I'm to explore a little bit. Why not? And the guys, uh, by the guys, I mean Khalid and Abdullah, uh, regular Abdullah and Muhammad. Uh, they're like, OK, fine. Goodbye. But Ahmad, I uh, I think, you know, he listens to this fucking show. So I think he had a pretty good idea of what the hell I had on my agenda. Uh, so he's like, all right, have a good time. And I'm like, oh, well, I'll try. And I leave. And I went out and I had to take the train. It was a three-train hop. Now, I'll tell you this too, by the way. Here's an interesting thing I found as I did my research about where to go and get a blowjob in Japan. Uh, there was a glory hole bar. And apparently you just, you walked in and you bought a drink and then you went into the back and then there was just a wall with a bunch of holes and you could, uh, you know, I, I guess stick stuff in there and, and people are on the other side waiting for you. But the thing is, uh, you never saw who it was. And that's, uh, look again, if I'm investing big yen in a blowjob, I'm going to have to make a little eye contact at some point with somebody. And that's, it's my choice. And I had also made the assumption, by the way, thinking, well, if they don't have any, if they, they don't show you who it is at the glory hole bar, I'm going to assume maybe, maybe, uh, it's a coin flip as to gender on the other side of the wall. And I know that's normally not supposed to ju- to matter. I know everybody's like a mouth is a mouth and all that stuff. But if I'm in Japan, I've got, uh, I'm, I have rules, damn it. Not, well, the, the same rules they are in America. I want a chick to blow me, all right? That's, that's the rule. Sorry, dudes. I know you're all lining up and you're thinking to yourself, here we go. Well, unfortunately, the rules are rules. And so I had to think to myself, well, I can't go to Glory Hole Bar just because. And also, I, we, I've told you before, I've gotten into fights at that kind of fucking thing before. So And, and then also, well, how do I know what side of the wall is the good side of the wall? 
of the wall. I show up, I get on one side of the wall, and then fucking five cocks come through, and I'm like, oh, god damn it, now I'm a pincushion. This is fucking brutal. Uh, but I wanted to see hot Japanese girls, and I wanted to see them in action and all that stuff. So, I, I you know, Glory Hole Barn, fuck all that. No thanks. Uh, so I had to take three trains to get to Shinjuku and, uh, I take the trains and I get off and man, it is fucking cold. I'm freezing, but, uh, but I don't care. I've got a goal in mind. I got a mission in mind. I'm heading off to new hot point. Cause again, it might be cold outside, but it's new hot inside at new hot point. And, uh, I got a zig, I got a zag. And there's, like I said, when we went there before robot restaurant and shit like that, we walked around and there was the samurai museum. That, that's the, that's the best part of this whole joint. There's samurai museum and robot restaurant. And then you take three left turns and then there's blowjob alley, which is like perfect. Uh, and by the way, that's where Batman's parents were really killed. I don't know if you're aware of that. At least his mom, Martha Wayne was killed in blowjob alley. It was terrible. You know, the, uh, whenever you see them killed and you see all the pearls bouncing on the floor, uh, that's a metaphor. I got to give you a hard time about it. You guys didn't realize this. I hate to be the one to break it to you, but when they kill Wayne's parents, Bruce Wayne's parents, and the pearls are dropping? Yeah, that's a fucking metaphor. It was blowjab alley, not crime alley. So I get down there, and uh, I know what I'm looking for. I'm looking for a building, and I uh, they, because again, I don't, look, I don't know the Japanese character for blowjob. I got to imagine it's it's not complicated, but at the same time, who knows? Uh, but I knew I was looking for a giant yellow wall. That's what I was told I was looking for. And also, by the way, the shame of putting in new hot point in your Google map app when you're trying to walk, because you know that somewhere Mr. Google is like, oh, this guy's off to get a blowjob. Like, I mean, he knows. And I, cause I'm signed in with my name. You know, it's, it's, uh, I, you sign in under Google maps or I sign in under Google and whatever. It's all fucking linked. Everything's linked now. Everybody knows everything about you. Uh, they probably think this show is about them. Don't they? Don't they? Uh, but I know now somewhere, Mr. Google fucking, uh, who owns Google? I don't know who it is. Bezos owns Amazon. I don't know who the fuck owns Google. It was, uh, Larry, whatever the fuck. No, he owns Oracle. I don't know. Whoever. I'm sure they all got together at their billionaire meeting and laughed at me walking to New Hot Point. They're like, oh, look at this petty guy, this fucking peasant who has to walk to get a blowjob through an alley. Fuck. Um... But I get off the trains, I find my way, and I'm looking, and I, I wind up, look, I make some wrong turns, I'm not going to lie to you, because I hate that fucking Google Map app when you're trying to walk and it's just dots, and uh, and you're trying to follow through, and fin- finally, I come around a corner, and uh, and I see a giant yellow sign, uh, and, and I, because I was worried I was going to miss it, I got news for you, you can't fucking miss it. All of a sudden you show up and it looks like a wall of lemons. Like it is this giant fucking gold rocks wall. I mean, it is just, it's just, you, when you see it, you know, you're seeing it. Um, so I walk up and there's, there's foot traffic, there's people. And in my head, I'm just like, no, this is, I, I don't, this is kind of weird. But at the same time, it, it's a fucking building. It, there's buildings all over the place. Nobody looks at me and goes, oh, he's going in a blowjob building. I don't think. Uh, but, but here's the problem. Uh, new hot point is in this building. Like I said, there's a big yellow sign, but, uh, new hot point is not a ground floor operation. New hot point. You got to take an elevator to new hot point. All right. You got to you have to take an elevator to Blowjobville, And not only that, it's on the ninth fucking floor. Yeah. The ninth, the ninth floor of this building. So now, not only do you have to think to yourself, well, is it worth it to go up to the ninth floor to get a blowjob? You also have to think about an escape plan in case a fire breaks out. Because that's the last thing you want to have happen is people think to themselves, well, this poor fucking idiot died waiting in line to get a blowjob from a chicken cat ears at a Sailor Moon costume. That's not good. That's not very good at all. Uh, so you got to think about all the exits and the way to get the fuck out of the building. So, uh, but I walked into the hallway and I'm, ho- and again, it's this thing where I'm hoping I will get in. And there was a guy at the door and he waved at me, the guy downstairs. He was just like, ah, oh, and he nodded. And I walked to this little hallway, I get to the elevator and there's already fucking three people waiting for the elevator. There's uh, two guys and a girl. 
And in my head, I'm just like, wait, all right, this is, this is weirdly kinky. Like, what the fuck are these people? I mean, I understand what these two are doing. They want to get up there and get blowjobs. But are they, does she watch? Is she involved? Like, how does she fucking make this happen? And, uh, and so I said, you know, I'm, and I'm hiding my face again because also, uh, everybody's Japanese because it's fucking Japan. And then giant American wanders in and it's like, again, oh, is he here to cure the ceramic pugs and make them <laughs> real dogs again? Uh, is he here to unlift the curse at blowjob house? Uh, but the elevator comes down, we get on and I, and again, I'm, like I said, I'm, I don't know if these two dudes, if they're into getting blowjobs with their girlfriend waits or who she's dating. Cause she's got her arms around, like she's got her arm in arm with one guy. And again, I'm like, well, are they a couple who are here to see this guy? And then in my brain, I'm like, are they like a man and a wife? And they're getting their son a blowjob for the first time. Cause you always hear those weird porno fantasies. It's like, oh yeah, we got to get our son laid, whatever the fuck. Uh, and then we get in the elevator and, uh, they reach over and, uh, they don't push the ninth floor because stupid me forgets that there's an entire building with a bunch of different floors. They could go anywhere. They're not, just, they're not all going to blowjob house just because I'm going to blowjob house. doesn't mean that everybody in the world is going to blowjob house. So, uh, cause I thought they were just pushing nine. So they, they get in and then they push their buttons and, uh, I, I, I look and then I go, Oh, and I lean over and I push nine. And, uh, and the second I push the ninth floor, I could feel them judge me in the moment. I could feel them just Japanese judge me, just kind of like sigh and be like, oh, man, they felt bad for the girls. They felt bad for Japan. They felt bad for the sex trade. They felt bad for everybody because I was heading up to the ninth floor uh, to go up there and get this fucking blowjob. And and I and and again, it made me trepidatious. It made me wonder. It made me worry. But at the same time, I'm like, fuck you. Now you're on the elevator. There's no getting out of this. Fuck, you're, you're already halfway up blowjob tower. You're getting up there. Uh, so they get off at six, I think it was. And then, uh, door closes. I'm the only guy. And then it goes all the way up to nine. And now nine opens up. All right. And I thought, cause again, remember I told you I went to those video joints and it opened up into a world of sex. There was just like a sex dummy. And then there's like a chick with her fucking vagina split open. And there's all this stuff going on. Well, uh, I expected, so I half expected to walk in and just like a blowjob party and people are, you know, they're just <laughs> holding pocket pussies, whatever the fuck. Uh, but instead the fucking elevator opens and there's another hallway. Uh, so I'm not, I'm not at new hot point yet. I still have steps to take. I get out of the elevator door closes behind me and I stand there and I, and I'll eat. Look, I got to walk up the hallway and go in obviously. And then I stop. And I take a breath and I'm like, all right, you got to think about this, man. Is this, is this something that you really want to do? Like, do you, do you want to do this? Uh, do you want a hand job? Do you want to, because that's, that's another thing is you got to be prepared when you walk in the fucking door. Uh, because this dude at the counter is going to be the blowjob Nazi. I did all the research on this. And, uh, if you don't know the procedure, there's a good chance you might get thrown out. And uh, a lot of the places in town, I told you, don't take Americans, but this place does take Americans, but you have to know a little bit of Japanese unless you know the system. So if you walk in, you have to pay and they have to be like, oh my gosh, Moss, and you got to say hi. And then you got to nod and point and, and all that stuff. But you also have to be polite and you have to be reverential. Uh, and I think we all know that when you walk into a blowjob house, you absolutely, because who walks in like a big swinging dick at the blowjob house? Ha ha, it's me. Uh, no, you got to have uh, pride. Not pride at all. That, that's going. You gotta have some class. You gotta have some uh, dignity. There you go. That's a better word. You gotta have some dignity when you go in to pay for a blowjob in a fucking strange country. So I'm in the hallway, like I said, and I'm, and, and I'm trying to decide. You know, do I want a hand job? Do I, blow, I want a blowjob? Because again, I want to have the right amount of money uh, out. I want to make sure that I just walk in and I breeze in, and I don't. I don't want there to be a problem with this guy at the counter. I. I 
because uh, again, I've taken three trains. I've, I've zigged, I've zagged, I've gone through alleys. I've braved uh, an elevator in Blowjob Tower. I've got women and, and a woman and two guys staring at me, judging me right now, discussing me down three floors, wondering exactly why I'm up here and how ruined their girls' lives are going to be when they see me. Uh, but I had, I had to psych myself up, man. I had to be prepared. Do I really want to do this? And uh, you want to know what the deciding factor was? Seriously? It was you guys. Because in my head, I went, you know what? You do this shit. You do it for the story. That's the only reason you do this. Now, look, of course, I also, I'm in this for the blowjobs. Don't kid yourselves. I'm absolutely in it for the blowjob. But, uh, but the story's the best part. And to be able to come back, because I had already told you guys about it. And, and that was one of the main factors that got me out of the fucking bedroom and out into the cold that night was because I'm like, well, these guys are playing tech and I'm sitting around. I'm in a strange country. What the fuck? I can't just do this. Uh, I don't know why my mind, of course, my mind went to blowjobs. I could have gone out and looked at temples and shit like that. But instead, I'm like, no, man, I'm going to the fucking blowjob house and getting this done. New hot point, hot girls dancing in a circle, coming to my booth, which I can imagine is only the smallest booth in the world. And it's going to be me smushed up against a Japanese girl. She's going to be so upset because I'm a giant. Uh, and also I'm an American that can't be good for anybody, but I, I don't give a fuck. I'm in the hallway and I'm like, do I really want to do this? And I decided, you know what? I'm doing it for you. I'm doing it for you people out there. God damn it. I'm, I, I go get blowjobs in a foreign land from strangers and ruin their lives for you. Cause I know you'd want me to do it. So I said, fuck it. I'm doing this. Now, the thing is when you go in there, you got to have your money ready. And like I said, if you want to blow because the prices are, I think it's like two. All right. This is what I understood from my reviews. It was $2,000 just to gain entry or not dollars, 2000 yen, which is like 20 bucks. It's 2000 yen to get in. That's your entry fee to even walk in the goddamn door. It was like 2000 yen for a hand job. It was 4,000 yen for a blow job. And then it was 200 yen. If you wanted to touch the girl while you were doing, while she was doing stuff. All right. Otherwise, uh, and, and, you know, you got to put your hands on your hips like Superman getting a blowjob or, or, or put your hands behind your back like a fucking like Columbo or something uh, inspecting for clues, looking down at yourself, getting fucking hummed. Um, so the, I'm doing the math on it. And I'm like, all right, well, I mean, I'm here. Do I want a hand? Because I, I read online that the hand jobs were better than the blowjobs. But I mean, dude, if you're in blowjob house, you don't settle for handjob house. If you go to fucking Sizzler, you don't order the fish. If you go to Ruth's Chris, you don't order the chicken. You're there for fucking steak, man. I'm there for fucking tube steak and a Japanese side dish. So let's fucking get this going, goddammit. So in my head, I go, all right, so that's four grand, two to, two to walk in. And then I want, yeah, do I want to touch the girl? Uh, yes, of course I want to touch the girl. If I'm in the building, I got to touch the girl. What's the point in taking three trains if you're going to have to touch the girl? Uh, so in my head, I'm like, well, that's six, uh, that's like 6,200 yen. And, uh, and I, so I, I don't know, I don't know any change because there's all these weird coins and I've got yen in my pocket. And, uh, and also you've got to turn in your wallet and your cell phone because they don't want you to take any pictures and all this shit. And that was the thing is they take, you have to be prepared because they will ask for your cell phone. They'll ask for all of your personal belongings. And then they get offended if you blanch at it because it's Japan and you're supposed to just trust them. And they're going to trust that they put everything into a goddamn locker and everything's going to be safe. So, uh, so I was ready. I'm like, you can have all my shit. I'll give you my pants at the goddamn front counter. It doesn't matter to me. Uh, so, so I'm in the hallway, I'm kind of pacing back and forth and I'm not pacing all the way to the doorway, but I'm pacing and I'm trying to figure it out. And I go, all right, you know what? I'm just going to go in there. I'm going to throw all my shit on the countertop. I'm going to give them 7,000 fucking yen and they can sort it out. They can figure out the money. They can give me change. If I need change, they can keep it if they want. They can uh, sort it out amongst themselves. Cause what's that? Another eight bucks or whatever the fuck. Cause again, it's all 7,000 yen, 70 bucks. I'm like, you know, it's, it's worth 70 just to walk in the door and get this done. And it's for, it's for the story. It's for you guys. I'm doing this for you guys. Uh, so I go, fuck it. You know what? Head down 
And I, I got to be, I'm pacing around this fucking hallway. I'm there for, <laughs> time is flying by. And I go, fuck it. I'm going in. So I, I bury my head and I walk and uh, I, I turned the corner with my head down. It was this weird mixture of confidence and and solemn uh, reverence where I tried to show them like, you know, like kind of bowed and, and it was very nice. But also I wanted to walk in like I knew what the fuck I was doing. It was this weird thing where you got to walk a tightrope. You got to know what you're doing. But at the same time, you can't come in and just fucking offend them. Because I, I knew they were, again, it's like asking for, it's the soup Nazi, but it's the blowjob Nazi. I can't fuck it up. So I walk in, I turn the corner, and I, I mean, I like barrel in. I I'm not even, I don't walk confidently, but I, I barrel in head down as if, you know what it was like? It was as if we were all evacuating in a fire, and I, I was just bursting through the fucking exit. Like, all right, just cannonballed it. So I just, I fucking squared my shoulders, bowed my head, and I burst in. And uh, I walked in, and uh, it, I look around, and there's black couches, like leather couches, and there's a TV playing porn. And then I look up and there's the signs and I turn around and I look at the guy at the counter and it's a, like a young dude in a baseball hat, young, I don't know. He's probably like in his thirties baseball hat. And I look at him and he looks at me and he says something and I, in Japanese, all right. And I, I don't know. It sounded like uh shimate or shimate. I mean, I, I couldn't figure it out, but it was like, he just looks up because he, he's reading and he looks up and he's like, shimate. And, uh, I, you know, as you know, I have a master. Uh, I've mastered the art of Japanese while I was there. I learned this. Hi. So he's like, Shimote. And I literally pull out my cell phone and my wallet and I put it in this black tray that's sitting there. And I take 7,000 yen and I just put it in a tray there. And I look and I go, hi. <laughs> and he goes, Shimote. And I says, yes, hi. And he takes both trays. And he just shoves them toward me. And he looks at me and he goes, Shimote! And at that moment, he's obviously turning me down, but I don't know how to negotiate and I'm not sure what to say. But I was told that Americans were allowed in there and I wanted to plead my case. But at the same time, like I said, I didn't want to come off like a jerk. I didn't know what to say to this guy. He's speaking only Japanese. I'm intimidated. I'm scared. All of my money, my cell phone, my wallet are on the countertop. And at that moment, I don't know why. The only thing that I could think to say was a phrase that I, I would, I, I don't, I, look, I can't explain how my brain was working. I would, cause I was on the ninth floor of blowjob tower and I was being confronted with uh, my last obstacle. He was the final boss. This was the final blowjob boss. And I didn't know how to beat him. So in that moment of embarrassment and panic, in that moment of intimidation and also anger, because I, you know, I had come there all that way to get a blowjob and I had understood that Americans were allowed in, uh, I thought I would reason with him. Now, I don't know if he knows any English because the only thing he's fucking saying to me is shimate. And I don't know, if, you know, obviously my Japanese, again, is height and that didn't work. So uh, I did that stupid thing, American thing. Here's that great American thing you do when you dumb stuff down in English thinking that they're going to go ahead and understand exactly what you said. Like that's going to cross all barriers at that point. You're going to reach this guy on a level now by dumbing it down because, again, it's his problem, not yours. You're an American. Everybody should cater to you. Everybody should understand what you have to say. And I wasn't thinking that selfishly, but at the same time, I didn't know what else to fucking do. So I said something to him, guys, that I never, uh, I didn't see it coming. I don't know how my brain made this happen, 
but I thought this was going to be the phrase that unlocked blowjobs galore for me for the rest of the night. That guy had a baseball hat on. He slid my fucking money and my phone and my wallet right back at me. And he's like, Shimate. And I looked him squarely in the eye, right into the brim of that fucking baseball hat. I looked at him and I said, no guy Jean for mouth ladies. That's what I had. That's what I had locked and loaded. That's what I had in the holster. That's what I had in the quill. I fired my shot. I had to shoot my shot. And what I came up with as an American in that moment. No gaijin for mouth ladies? It hung there. I'm not, it hung there like a tether ball on a still day. And I waited for him to smack it back at me. I waited him for it to part. He, instead, he kind of, kind of double clutched and looked at me. He looked at me to the point, at a point, in a way where I thought to myself, he probably understood what I just said, and he's just as fucking confused as I am by that would come out of my mouth. And uh, it, it seemed like it took five minutes. It seemed like it took an hour, but it was probably only a few seconds. But I looked at him, I steely stared at him, and I said, and, and I, you know, no gaijin for mouth ladies? Hands in, hands in the air like fucking Woody Allen. No gaijin for mouth ladies? He looked at me and uh, thankfully he didn't blow his stack. He didn't freak the fuck out. He didn't call for security. He didn't come over the counter and fucking stab me to death with a fucking wakazashi. Uh, instead, he went, Shimate! And he pointed across the room at the clock which said five after 12. And uh, I realized then that they closed at midnight. And I wasn't being turned down because of any lack of uh, civility. I wasn't turned down because I was an American or I was a giant or I was fat or I didn't know the rules. I was being turned down because while I was psyching myself up up in the hallway for about 10 minutes... I had let the clock strike 12 on my chance of getting a Japanese blowjob. So I looked at him and I just, oh, and he's, and he looked at me and he goes, oh, and I said, hi. And he said, hi. And, uh, I picked up my cell phone and my wallet and my yen and I shoved them in my pocket and, uh, and I, I walked out the door and I left blowjobless. I walked out the door dry cocked. And I walked into the hallway and I rode that elevator down nine floors of shame out into the Shinjuku night. So while there was no happy ending, there was a happy ending. Uh, and though I didn't get a blowjob and I couldn't tell you what went on in the back room or any of the things that were done. And I, this is where my experience at blowjob house stops. The happy ending of all of this, the really good news is now, finally, we know what goes on my headstone. No gaijin for mouth ladies? You guys can get me at Mike at MikeSchmidtComedy.com. You guys can be my friend! Can you, can you, and if you want to be my friend after this goddamn story, uh, if you want to be my friend, you can be my friend at Facebook.com slash the 40-year-old boy. You can follow me at Twitter.com slash the 40-year-old boy. I'm there, man. I'm at all sorts of places. I'm at uh, Snapchat. 
I'm at Mike40YOB, Mike40YOB at Snapchat. That same thing is at Instagram, too, Mike40YOB. And as I threatened, I will put up some Japan stuff this week because I have to. I talked about it now, so why don't I do just that? Um, so I will, uh, I will go ahead and post stuff this week. Uh, I did not get any photos of the blowjob house because that, because that would have looked stupid. Then you're a giant American taking photos outside. Yeah. They're going to definitely hum me at that point. Uh, I should have though right now I should have filmed the whole fucking thing for Christ's sake. All right. So, uh, so there you go. I'm at, uh, like I said, facebook.com slash the 40 year old boy, twitter.com slash the 40 year old boy. That's friends that's following. And then Snapchat and Instagram at Mike four zero Y O B. Please find me there. I'm there lurking and I'm waiting for your friendship and your love. Uh, please remember that Ryan Dirks is the web guy for this show. Ryan Dirks does all the cool ass web stuff. You can be his friend at facebook.com slash Ryan Dirks and, uh, and be his pal there on Facebook. Tell him he's the best. Our friend Giovanni Giorgio Peluso does all the cool ass, uh, YouTube stuff for this show. And he's helping me set up a bunch of other things. You can find him at facebook.com slash Giovanni Giorgio Peluso. And he listen to his podcasts. He's got a, he's got a million of them for fuck's sake. He's got a, uh, he's got, you know, the get it on podcast, Geo's podcast. He's got the outdoors FAQ podcast and he does all of the love line stuff. He makes that happen for everybody. So please, uh, listen to him and uh, Dr. Drew and Adam Carolla and all the cleanup stuff that he does for those uh, shows. He's the best. Go ahead and follow him on Facebook. He's on Twitter as well too. He's all over the place. Again, he's bad. He's nationwide. He's just like us and me. Uh, so please go ahead and find Geo. He's the best. Uh, and remember that David Hernandez, David Mex Hernandez, does all of the cool ass artwork and the music for this goddamn show. And he's got some stuff that'll blow your mind in the pipeline. It's going to be fucking amazing. The interlude this year, I'm just going to fucking tell you the interlude is ridiculous. I mean, he's, he's already told me some stuff. I've heard some snippets and holy fuck, is it going to be great? Uh, until I get in there and I muck the whole fucking thing up, but who cares? It'll still be great. He, his genius will shine through uh, and I'll do my best to be funny and do what I can. Um, but you can find him at facebook.com slash David Mex Hernandez and Go ahead and make him your friend there. Hold on, something's in my throat. <clears> throat> <clears throat> Sorry, that's bad. Um, I should probably cut that out, right? I should probably cut out a cough. How fucking rude is that? Um, I mean, it's a real show, man. You get right, you get right down to it. You hear me and what I'm about when you hear my coughing. Shut up. Uh, so please, David Mex Hernandez. He's at Facebook.com/slash David Mex Hernandez and be his friend there. But also, folks, if you want to commission him to do some artwork for you or buy some existing artwork, you can go to ArtByDMH.com. That's A-R-T-B-Y-D-M-H.com. He will. He'll, he's got plenty of Valscapes. He's got plenty of guy cons in there for you to take a look at existing artwork. There was a Prince oil painting we did a couple of weeks ago, or he did, I should say, that we displayed as the artwork, and that's also for sale. Uh, and I've seen his work in the wild. I told you I went to Justin's house in Phoenix and it looked fucking great on the wall. Hey, I should put that picture up too. God damn, I got so much work to do with you guys in social media. Uh, nobody cares. But yes, everybody cares because you care. Everybody cares, right? Right. Uh, but David, Max Hernandez, again, go to artbydmh.com. And also, if you want to commission him to do some real uh, artwork for you, something that you just love, that you need painted, you need sculpted, you need uh, him to do anything for you, he can do that. Uh, you choose the mill, you, you choose the, uh, the, the form, the frame, you choose the form. Yes. Form of he's the wonder twins. That's who he is. Get your ring and click into his ring on the internet at artbydmh.com And you just say form of a painting that I love. And he'll say shape of money. You send me perfect. Look at the way you guys solved that problem. It made it great. Uh, so you want to find David, you want to get him to do stuff. You can buy pre-existing artwork, but go ahead and browse the pages there, or you can order him to do something custom for you, but you got to go to artbydmh.com. That's a R T B Y D M H.com. Ladies and gentlemen, with a phrase from the past of the 40 year old boy, 
the legendary Johnny Mathis. Banana underpants, fish bicycles. Folks, we've got sponsors and side hustles out there for you. You want to be an Uber driver? You want to be a Lyft driver? Of course you do. Why wouldn't you want to be? Uh, Lyft driver, you want to use my code, you can get Mike72057, that's all caps, M-I-K-E 72057, go to Lyft, sign up, be a driver. Also, if you're getting a first-time Lyft ride, go ahead and use my Lyft code, and I get something for that, I think, at some fucking point. Uh, and also, folks, if you want to be an Uber driver, now this is all lowercase, use my code DJZW1YTTUE, that's DJZW1YTTUE, and you can be an Uber driver on the road, and I will be your Uber pimp, and I will get some kind of money from you doing it depending on your your area if you're in a very populous area we'll get more money if you're in a, a rural area i'll get a, a taste of the gig but that's uh you know i can't argue with that that's fine anything you want to think of me and use uh use the lift code mike 720057 use the uber code djzw1yttue uh well you know folks i'm going all over the place i'm doing stuff well, i'll tell you about that in a second first i will tell you about cameo which you can as an app you can put on your phone cameo for a video shout outs and you can download it to your phone. You can Google Cameo video shoutouts on your laptop or your desktop and find it. And uh, hire me, like I said, to tell your family that you love them. Tell your kids that you hate them. Tell your dog that he's the best and he's a good dog. Do not hire me to tell your dog that you hate him. Because uh, obviously he's clearly a good boy. All dogs are good boys. And so if you need me, you must hire me to tell your dog he's a good boy. Uh, and I'll, I'll tell your cat he's a dick. But I still like your cat. But at the same time, cats don't mind being dicks. You tell a dog ba- uh, bad things, he covers his eyes with his paws, and it's ah, it's fucking terrible. And I, I will not be a party. Fuck you, yawn. I will not be a party to that. God damn it. Uh, I you know I need a fucking just a guest or a co-host just to fucking talk when I yawn. Jesus fucking Christ, what happened to my head? Um, all right, so get Cameo. Download it to your phone. I won't yawn during those fucking things. I promise. I will never yawn in your Cameo. Uh, and because it's it's well worth it. It's well worth your twenty dollars, folks. Sign up, sign up me up for Cameo to tell your tell your kitty he's graduating high school and you bought him a car, or to tell your daughter that you won't you don't approve of her new boyfriend. I can do any and all of these things, folks. Please sign up and let me do it. Uh, remember, we got the website, themikeschmidtcomedy.com. You go to the Joe Business page. we got all sorts of cool-ass stuff on there. But the most important thing is the Amazon link. If you use the Amazon link, it helps us out tremendously. It doesn't cost you anything, man. You just backdoor it in right there through the Amazon link. Uh, we get money, they get money, you get stuff. It works out perfectly. Like I said, it doesn't cost you an extra dime. Just using our link, you click in, you snoop around, you buy your stuff, and somehow the gremlins and robots at Amazon.com, they understand exactly what's happening. There's a code affixed to it or some sort of satanic ritual that happens. And then it tells them, hey, this guy, he uh, he likes Mike Schmidt. And then they send me some money via drone. I don't know if you know that. They drop them. They bring it. It's all in change. So oftentimes when you buy something, they'll just they'll send me 48 cents via drone and just drop it on my skull like rain, like fucking they're making it rain. But with change, they're making it range is what they're doing. God damn it. So please use the Amazon link. It helps us. We get money. They get money. You get stuff. It's a perfect arrangement for everybody. Let's triangulate this. Let's make it work. God damn it. Uh, and that's at MikeSchmidtComedy.com, the website, which is uh, the way it looks now. And uh, uh, changes are coming. They're coming soon. I don't know about soon, but they're on their way. Um, so check those out. Hey, you want to be a patron at Patreon? Of course you do. 
Sign up at Patreon and be uh, someone who supports this goddamn show, and you'll get all sorts of bonuses and things like that coming your way soon. Uh, we're rejiggering a lot of things over here at Mike Schmidt, Inc., so we're getting those squared away, uh, especially with uh, coming up with the streaming thing. Yeah, Like I said, I'm at Twitch.com. You can find my channel. Uh, it's it's The 40-Year-Old Boy. Someone wrote me and they thought it was some underscores. No, man, it's just it's The 40-Year-Old Boy, all one word. I'm pretty sure. Fuck. I should check that before I start talking, right? All right, let's do. Let's check. Let's check it while we're on the phone right now. Hold on, uh, we're not on the phone. We're actually doing a goddamn show. Let's pull this up and let's pull this up. Uh, I should probably just stop down here at some point, right? But no, instead I will do it this way, and we will go and we will look at Twitch TV and we'll see if I am signed in. Come on, Twitch, go ahead and it's loading, folks. Uh, I'm the forty-year-old boy, all lowercase. T H E four zero year old boy. And now there's somebody talking on Twitch. I got to shut it down. Shut down. Uh, so yeah, find me. I'm at the 40 year old boy. Like I said, there'll be some test streams and things like that coming up. Uh, but we're going to be going live soon, man. And doing, uh, possibly live podcasts on there. If you want podcasts, um, I got all sorts of stuff, ideas, plans, stuff. I got to work the fuck out and I'm willing to listen to suggestions. So if you want to be a patron of Patreon, that's fantastic. And, uh, and that's, you know, stuff coming up there. And also if you want to follow me at Twitch, I'm the 40 year old boy, T H E four zero. Y-E-A-R-O-L-D-B-O-Y. I just want to say the words. And uh, and that channel is going to be live soon enough. And we're going to get the streaming and the rolling. And I'm buying shit. And I got, you know, our friend Chuck, who's a listener to the show, was he's he's helping me a lot tremendously. Chuck Hudspeth. And, and I can't thank him enough. Everybody who's lining up to help the Twitch thing, thank you so much. You're super cool. Uh, Gio is the, the main guy for me along with Chuck. So I'm at Twitch. Follow me there. Uh, I'm a Patreon. If you want to become a patron, that's fantastic. It gives money to the show and it helps us out tremendously. I'm touring. I'm doing live stuff. Man, I don't know about live uh, touring, and I'm just going to some places. Uh, I'm going to Cincinnati uh, at the the Clinton slash Clifton Performance Theater. <laughs> I should fucking write down exactly what that is every time I do it. Uh, Cincinnati, July 7. Tickets are on sale now. Like I said, if you're a patron, a Patreon of someone who donates $10 a month or more, uh, you can get in free. I'll just get you a ticket for that show. And also, you know what? Let's throw that out there for Seattle, too. If you're in Seattle, you're coming to Seattle. Uh, I'm in Seattle. I'm doing shows in Seattle. I'm there uh, eight ten and eight. Uh, was it? I'm. I think I'm there eight nine and eight eleven. Right? Is that what it is? Because um, I'm there Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday. Two of the days are Pearl Jam, and then two of the days are actual shows. Thursday night, nine o'clock. I'm doing a show with the political vigilante, our great friend Graham Elwood, and I'll be doing some topical stand up before he comes up and does his great show. And then on Saturday, I will be closing the show with uh, stand up slash storytelling. Who knows what story I'll tell? Perhaps I'll tell this story about Blowjob Island again. It wasn't an island; it was a tower. Uh, maybe what? Maybe I got a fucking blowjob island story holstered that I'm just waiting to spring on you live. Who knows? Uh, but buy tickets for Cincinnati, buy tickets for Seattle, and uh, and know that I will be in those towns in July and in August. And then uh, I think I've got one other place coming up. And then we may have to just fucking shine the live stuff, as I told you. It's just, and I don't mean to sound like that guy. It's my own fault. Like I said, I haven't gone out there. I don't have a name. I haven't really made myself known to a lot of people. And my fans are rabid, but it's a smaller base, and they're flung all over the world. So even when I want to go to England or I want to go to Australia and stuff. Um, I just, I just don't see it being a feasible thing right now, but I want to, we'll see what happens. If, if there's a way I can make it work, I will. Cincinnati was a uh, Colette was really stepped up and made that happen. So we had to do that fucking show. Uh, and Seattle just seemed like a cool ass thing. Cause I'll be there. So hopefully in the future, I can actually do shows that are scheduled shows and you guys will come. Wouldn't that be cool if I sold tickets and we all got together and saw a show together? Ah, I'd be awesome. Uh, although I don't think I'm going to be seeing that show. I'm going to be, uh, I'm going to be doing that show and you'll be attending and checking it out. Um, and now fuck this. I'm, I've got two more days before I can see Deadpool. I'm excited. I'm going to go ahead and bang out this show and uh, put it up for you guys. And well, tomorrow, certainly <laughs> it's Tuesday now, but I'll put it up tomorrow, which is Wednesday night. And then it'll be there for you Thursday morning. Uh, but I'm seeing Deadpool Thursday night. 
I can't fucking wait. Don't spoil it for me. I haven't watched. I watched one trailer and it made me laugh, but I got my ticket, so I don't get it spoiled. I'm seeing it that night. Uh, but I'll tell you this: as excited as I am for Deadpool, as excited as I was for Avengers: Infinity War. Uh, I got to tell you, folks, I learned a lot about myself this week because I almost did a fucking somersault when I saw the trailer for the Freddie Mercury Queen movie. Oh, my God, did that look fucking amazing. You know, it's just the music. That's the thing. It's and the kid doing Freddie Mercury because, you know, they get your your Brian Mays, your Roger Taylor. All those guys are there. And that's fucking amazing. But, dude, Freddie, that dude, he's all incarnations of Freddie. He's weird leotard Freddie. He's fucking wife beater Freddie. He's overbite Freddie. He's mustache Freddie. He's non mustache Freddie. And, uh, and then they're rolling with the fucking, and the queen music you hear it in the fucking trailer. I, I would, dude, I would go to a theater and just have them play queen music at high volume I, and just show still frames of, of Freddie Mercury and I'd be on board. But that trailer made me just go, dude, this is, oh my God, that's absolutely the thing that I want to see more than anything. Fuck Deadpool. How great would it be if Deadpool fucking, he just took his suit off and it was Freddie Mercury. See, combine these things. This is what I talk about. Combine these people. Have the Avengers fight queen. If the Avengers fought queen, that'd be a goddamn battle. And queen can even, you know, cause they've fought an ogre battle before. I don't know if you've got the first album, but Queen fought an ogre battle, so they can totally take on a Thanos and take on the Avengers and fucking scramble and battle. Freddie Mercury's just out there swinging his microphone stand around. He's not wearing shoes for anybody to look at. He's playing the piano. He's got his mirrored shades. He looks like kind of, you know, he kind of looks like Cyclops with the mirrored shades. He's got the slick back hair. He kind of looks like Vision. Dude, Freddie Mercury's all the Avengers in one. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Freddie, Freddie Mercury is all of the goddamn Avengers, and, and and you just play Another One Bites the Dust as he kills all of them, and I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah. 